Well, we may be about to have some serious technical issues with Dom being uh, smashed in the nuts with his microphone, but we're here to talk gibberish, aren't we, Dom? We are here to talk gibberish. Uh, I'm now genuinely concerned that this thing's just going to go and down. It cracked me right in the balls. <laughs> down, boy. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> ah, Jesus. So we're back in uh, the almost the end of January. Yeah, which it's, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> fucking I, done with January. Well, see, the thing is that 2018 happened really fast, and oh, yeah, it yeah. keeps speeding up. And there is a the theory that uh, the reason you think your life is speeding up is because it's to do with the proportion or the percentage of life lived. So mm. if you're five, you know, like a month doesn't pass very fast because it's like, what, one to five percent of your entire life. Yeah. But now that we're in our late 20s, it seems like it's a lot faster because it, like we know that there's like a month doesn't take that long. Yeah. So it's to do with the kind of your idea of time in your mind but at the same time you still feel tired every day when you finish 24 hours you're like damn yeah. it's time to go to bed yeah it, it hits you it hits you harder because i've noticed that even i could go especially in high school high school you could go do a day's like a day's work in high school and like do all the work and shit and then come back home and just be, i'm gonna go out and do dumb shit for an hour and a half or yeah. d- dumb shit for four hours and i'm gonna come back in and i'm gonna struggle to get to sleep because i'm gonna be that full of energy yeah i mean even in in fact, don't even fast forward a full two years later, like the end of high school, like sort of sixth year. You just go home and go, I'm tired. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this anymore. See, I wipe the high school years off the map just due to hormones. Oh, yeah. Your body's a up chemical and down like a mess. Fuck trying to be normal or try to understand what was going on during your teenage years. Almost like a kind of rant, like somebody just starts throwing switches and just like, I yeah. guess this will work for now. And <laughs> just just suck it board and the shit just out. We'll put this here and see what happens. Yeah, it's circuit board. I like that idea. There's just a little goblin running around being like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, put this in here, this in here. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything might work eventually. Who knows? It's just somebody shrugging constantly. Like, hmm? Hmm? Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So speaking of Brexit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, f- I feel like shrugging and saying, who knows what's going to happen. Um, if you're not in the UK right now, must be nice. Yeah, it must be nice. Knowing what you're, the leaders of your country are actually doing. Yeah, because no one in the UK can figure it out. <laughs> the people who were for Brexit are now going. Well, would Brexit be? Would no Brexit be so bad? And the, the people that were against Brexit are just kind of going, "Fuck it, get the thing over with. We don't care anymore. Just get us something." Yeah, and uh, now with No Deal Brexit, the we're finally starting to hear the idea of maybe we should stall for a little bit. I'm like, yes, yeah. maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should, or maybe we should just you know get rid of it. Or maybe. People's vote, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, the European Court of Justice already said, "Hey guys, you can unilaterally just sweep this away. We'll pretend that you never wanted to leave in the first place." There We're is a rule saying that. you can delete Article Fifty. I mean, yeah, just get rid of it, guys. Get rid of it. If you want to do this again a couple of years time when this bitch ain't here, by all means, come the fuck back. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Just at this point, nobody's gonna win, so reset the board. Yeah, just we we'll wipe clean. Yeah, so you're gonna bankrupt your country if you keep going ahead with it. Because we can just go, yeah, let's do this, and you're going to have no defence to it. And uh, on the plus side, we do at least now know that the US government's back on track. We ended last episode by saying uh, good luck to all the, the furloughed employees and the people yeah. uh, looking for you know a way of making rent this month. Did you see the amount that apparently it cost the government? Apparently, like you could have paid for the wall or something? Yeah, or, something like that. Almost there. I remember, again, I didn't really read the full article, but I remember seeing in passing that it cost the government something around... 11 billion shit and i just thought <laughs> that's two balls yeah that's that's a city <laughs> you could just build a fucking death star yeah um put all I, the americans on the death star and then 
I mean, you're close to being the Empire anyway. Have you seen the, the actual stats for what it costs to make the Death Star? It's like 800. It's trillions. Trillions. You can't it? make it. Yeah, it's you ridiculous. You couldn't make it with the resources on the planet. No, you'd have to... You'd probably be cheaper just taking a smaller planet out there in the Milky Way, out there in the Andromeda Galaxy, and just putting a giant metal take case a ch- on it. Yeah, take a just, chunk out of it, put a new case on it, and be like, ooh, spooky Death Star. We made a Death Star. Where are the laser? It's just a hunk of rock with a case on it. It may as well just be somebody's phone. <laughs> Look, we smashed a rock. We smashed this into other planets. The planet's not going to be there. We win. <laughs> Except we'll just put it on a chain and we're dangling it underneath the earth and we're just going to spin the earth. Tactical planet smashing. <laughs> Tactical planet smashing. I, there's, a, there's a point in... Uh, I'm a big fan of Warhammer 40,000. Yeah. There was a series of events called the Badab War, which was where you get the character Huron Blackheart, who is a Chaos Space Marine commander who was, at one point, a loyal Space Marine. The Badab War is his kind of, like... Secession war, I guess it's kind of supposed to be kind of parable to uh, the U.S. Civil War, where part of the area just goes, "Nah, fuck it, we're not doing the Imperium thing anymore." Uh, At one point, those guys take a star, chain it with some kind of weird gravity laser, and then just pull the star into the solar system and use that to smash the fuck out of an enemy fleet. (laughs) Nice. So that's where the idea of like, for when it comes to like, oh, planet smashing, such ridiculous nonsense. I'm like, yeah, but it's pretty fucking funny. It's pretty damn cool. That's what I always loved about Warhammer, because I think, like most people, you stop collecting at some point because it just gets too expensive, and it's now getting more expensive now. Oh, yes. I think as they're shifting away from the sort of metal models into the specific resins. Yeah, uh, they're doing resin now. Yeah, it's getting a bit more expensive. But the coolest thing about uh, Warhammer was just the artwork that you got in the codexes, mm-hmm. painted a really cool metal as fuck picture, and then you get some of the stories and the backstories in it. Yeah. It's like, and then you find Horus, who punched the God Emperor in the face, and people just thought, "Holy shit, the God Emperor could be killed!" But we still have to fear him because he's the God Emperor. Yeah, I mean, he did take that punch to the face and kill his own son, and technically win. <laughs> yeah, he, he's still alive. He is, as far as I haven't looked at anything from because I know if I start looking again, I'm going to start buying again, yeah. and I'm just not interested in selling my kidney. Yeah, <laughs> I just somebody apparently did that for an iPhone, by the way. Really? Why? Yeah, kids these days are fucking stupid but also very tech savvy enough to be able to sell a kidney yeah um yeah but I, as soon as i start uh looking again i'll start buying again but if you're talking about like the awesome uber metal uh like artwork forge world blue yeah, forge warhammer world the fucking like what they made was ridiculous the prices it costs were extortionate oh yeah oh yeah but when you see it all and when you can meet the artists who do it and you're like they oh they just like sketch out an idea and you're like what the fuck are you people on? <laughs> it's ridiculous. They just live in this weirdly, like, insane, intense art kind of manufacturing process, and oh, yeah. they just don't, like, they must eat, sleep, and breathe. Yeah. I remember that the Forge World artwork and stuff came along at a time when I was just getting into more heavy metal. Oh, yeah. And I remember spending <laughs> a lot of time, particularly in computing classes in high school. I think it was like ourselves and a couple other people that were into the Warhammer. We would just sit there and ogle the Titans and stuff that you would see on Forge World. Yeah. Just go, dude, if I had 300 quid, I would fucking buy that. <laughs> now, it's getting to the point where I have 300 pounds. I just thought, I'm not buying that. Uh, yeah, I d- <laughs> I'm I not doing this. that. It looks cool, though. Like I don't want to spend like six hours painting each intricate detail of dirt on its foot to make it look like it's just stomped down on the earth or something. The worst thing is that as soon as you did buy something like that and you sort of like putting it together and figuring out how to make it work... Uh, you would then go on, like, post it on, like, a a, a message board, because that was what we were doing at the time. Yeah. And you'd be told, eh, it looks okay, 
but it doesn't look as good as this. And you would see a hundred examples of people who did it better than yeah. you. And you'd be like, ah, oh, man, I just kind of wasted that model. And you'd see people who live what? in games workshops up and down the country just going, well, this is what I painted. Like, yeah, but did, when did you go for a shower? Yeah. When did you leave the games <laughs> workshop to do this? you got to get those petty victories and when they've got better yeah. looking garbage, you're like, yeah, well, I took a shower today. Who wins this round, motherfuckers? <laughs> I spoke to a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, speaking it of which, wasn't a helpline. <laughs> it wasn't a helpline and it wasn't my mother. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I found the Neckbeard Society of a certain town in the Central Belt. Oh, no. It's in, I'm going to try and keep this as vague as possible and I'll tell you the specifics off mic, but it's in a, in a very sort of empty high street near us okay i know exactly what you're talking about yeah and it was a it was people that used to run a certain store i've now moved to another store and they've expanded the store itself is fucking awesome so it's, the stuff that we've got there's pretty cool and they've got an upstairs section okay for magic the gathering and they've got another section for games and stuff like that but i i went in there not too long ago and just i was greeted by the neckbeard society <laughs> i actually went to talk to you about this because i think we've talked about the same place before and i happened to be on falkirk recently and saw what I think you're talking about and is when you say they moved did they move over the road yeah literally diagonally literally across, across the road yeah, and then change the name which is suspicious yeah because I saw that and thought how how bad is that that you can still see like it's a brand new shop's opened up for like kind of geek toys and stuff and then over the road you can see the desiccated husk of what used to be the previous nerd geek store yeah. off the road <laughs> that must be really demoralizing but knowing it's the same people I'm like ah okay it's the same it's some of the same people but uh I know that the staff in that place changed hands so many fucking times. I knew the, uh, when it was first getting brought up, because there was a place in another fairly close town that was near where my brother worked. So, brother works, should I say. And he said all he knew about it was they were just needing a bigger space. They got okay. up, they wanted to expand it to different things, but apparently talking to one of the people that worked there, they get the same six people coming in every day. <laughs> I just thought that's... Yeah, that depressing. tends to happen. Yeah, with kind of geek stores, you build because the idea is you want to try and build a community of people who oh, yeah, yeah. actually come back to the store and help big it up and talk about it on social media. That helps kind of spread out the influence of your store and make it seem like a nice kind of homely place. Yeah, unfortunately, it's the same six people, and they typically tend to not be homely. No, they tend to be. Again, I'm not. I'm not the slimmest person. I'm not. This. I'm not shaming them, but they tend to be fairly sizable gentlemen <laughs> with, with fedoras. With, no, not fedoras, with uh, emo fringes. A lot of emo fringes. Like oh, the, God, it's coming back. The hair, lo- the hair on them looks fucking bulletproof. Like they've sty- <laughs> they, This is the only part of pride they take in their appearance. But the hair is just styled and bulletproof and just everything, like healthy head of hair. Yeah. Right, and everything's on there. Then it just gets, or you've got, a, you've got an Umbro t-shirt on from 2004 and you've got a pair of Slazenger doggy, like destroyed dog shit trackies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I know roughly the type of people we're talking about. The fedora for me comes from I'd spent a lot of time on uh, just neckbeard things mm. and tales of neckbeards on Reddit. Tales of neckbeards is kind of interesting if you want to sit and read the worst kind of fan fiction you can possibly imagine. It's uh, tales of people who have just these run-ins with horrible, horrible neckbeards, and oh, you, yeah. you can read some of it and you're like, "How is that guy not in jail? Oh yeah, how does this person get away with you know?" living in a modern society when it's like not even like in a me too sense oh, yeah. but in just a kind of general civility sense oh yeah yeah as, as someone who goes to quite a few conventions there's i mean i'll say this 95 percent of the the atypical neck beards mm-hmm. genuinely nice people genuinely nice people yeah but the, there's always that five percent they just think 
I'm going to try this or I'm going to do that. And just, I'm going to try my luck. Please yeah. don't. Do you, see that little voice in your head that's telling you to do this? Silence him. Don't, <laughs> don't listen to him. Drown him out with the ocean. <laughs> Freshen up a bit. Be the ocean man. <laughs> Be the ocean. You're just, right. just sing to yourself, ocean man, take me to the hand. Take me by the hand, take me to the land. <laughs> <laughs> just keep singing to yourself. Yeah. I've, I have no idea what song you just sung. <laughs> oh, ocean man. Oh boy, are we going to have an educational experience okay. for you? Oh, no. oh yes. It sounds familiar. It's from the Spongebob Squarepants movie. <laughs> a movie that I have not seen. The only bit I remember is when they're surfing on the back of David Hasselhoff. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that might be part of the use of that song. We're going to play it. Once okay, we, fair enough. Once we turn off the mics, you're going to listen to Ocean yeah. Man. But I, you're going to see why it's beloved in the meme community. <laughs> oh, great. But I'm going to use this opportunity to take a slight dig at someone who I feel deserves it and someone who is a major, major poster for why the high street store should still exist. And that, my friends, in fact, should I say the name of the store or just keep it vague in case people... Keep it vague. Yeah, I'll keep it vague. But the the name of the certain uh, electronic and video game purveyors... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was wondering where this is going and it's going to be good genuinely fucked me over and I got a very very unsatisfactory response uh, for those who have who have been listening to the podcast since the start and before you all know that I'm a huge fan of Kingdom Hearts fucking love that series do not ask me to explain the story nobody I, can <laughs> I just show up for the fucking awesome uh, gameplay gameplay is untouchable perfect example of action RPG gameplay been looking forward to this game for fucking 12 years as a young 15 year 15 going on 16 year old man I first played the first one fucking love this game it's easily in my top 5 favourite games so Kingdom Hearts 3 rolls around I'm fucking excited to play it I finish uni at 1 got all my work finished for the day all my tutorial work and stuff that's coming up got that all finished for the week I'm gonna come home sit and play Kingdom Hearts package hasn't arrived okay it's snowing maybe distribution centres have been snowed in maybe there's just a backup whatever I thought I'll give it till I'll give it till Tuesday so, well, actually, I pre-ordered it. So I was, I was kind of, I was maybe being a bit like overeager, expecting it on the Monday. But it can t- happen. It's happened before. Yeah, pre-orders. Uh, I've usually pre-ordered with game a couple times before, <laughs> and you usually get, um, usually get it the day early. And if you get an email saying that your package is now with the company who's distributing it, you kind of think, well, maybe I'm getting it early. So yeah. I came home the Monday. No, didn't get it. Same thing happened Tuesday. Came back. Maybe it's here now. It's it's release day. Still nothing. Uh, today, Wednesday, uh, post usually gets re- delivered about 10, 11 o'clock. Absolutely fuck all. So I thought, right, something needs to happen. If something is, maybe something's a bit wrong, I'll phone them up. Phoned up uh, the company's helpline. Uh, said to the guy, uh, I've been, I bought this package, I bought um, next day delivery on it. They went, oh, I should just let you know, next day delivery is just an estimate. I went, yeah, it's advertised as next day delivery, mate. That's, uh, <laughs> that's false advertising yeah. if you don't follow through on that one. Yeah, then I said, at the very least, if it's not, if next day delivery is an estimate, it's first class. That means you should aim to deliver the package within, or you should be delivering the package within 48 hours. 48 hours. It's been just over, it's been almost 72. Oh, sorry, so you're just going to need to be patient with that. If I'm paying for a service or you're offering a certain service, you need to pay up on that. Yeah. Oh, but sorry, sorry, just please be aware that it's an estimate. No, it's not an estimate if you're saying we guarantee it. And that's that's the thing. If you look in their terms and conditions, we guarantee your package by four p.m. Yeah. And I'm being told it's Friday potentially before it gets here. 
So, yeah, Dom's going to be a little bit testy on Twitter today. <laughs> or for the next few if, days. If it gets to the point, if it gets to Friday and it's not here, I will be taken to Twitter. And you will find out the name of the company because I will be damning their name from the highest peaks in the lowest valleys in the UK. <laughs> just shouting, fuck you, insert company name here. <laughs> but um, the worst thing is, I ordered another copy of this game for my sister-in-law. That arrived bang on when it was meant to. Literally, it was scary how... From the same company? No, different company. Oh, okay. Which is... That explains The only reason I didn't order it from Amazon is because the first company said, "Eh, you'll get it day of the release, pre-order bonus, additional DLC. I could have went, same price, got it on Amazon, didn't get any of the cool extra DLCs. I thought, right, I'll go with the other company, just... I've not used them in a while, but uh, Argic bigs them up constantly because he's part of their big uh, pay. It's basically a pay to win scheme. Okay, <laughs> you pay, you pay, you get a membership. It costs a certain amount, um, certain amount of money a month. But the more you buy, the more points and stuff you accumulate. Uh, I I signed up for that and then then didn't go to their stores for a year and was like, I paid money for that. Yeah, I'm gonna just cancel that. Yeah, so I thought, fuck it, why not? I'll see what happens. Shit thing is, Argit got his copy on time. He got Amazon. He got his copy like bang when it was meant to. What did he do to these people? Like, I, I don't fucking know. Maybe they're just pissed off that I went to Amazon for so long. <laughs> but uh, I spoke to another uh, couple of friends and I said, did you get your copy of Kingdom Hearts 3 on time? They went, no, I'm still waiting on mine. I went, did you get the deluxe edition? I went, yeah, we got the deluxe edition too. I just thought maybe it's something to do with the deluxe edition. But again, Argit, he, del- he ordered the deluxe edition. But after being told to be patient and maybe... I did something wrong. I cancelled immediately my pre-order for Mortal Kombat 11. Went over to Amazon. Pre-ordered Mortal Kombat 11 on Amazon. I'd rather give fucking Amazon the money than that other shower of shite. <laughs> yeah. It's understandable, like, way of resolving it. And I think there is probably going to be some issue with the uh, the deluxe edition. I think we'll find out. Not yeah. that, or we actually never find out. We have just kind of leave this as speculation. But when it comes to getting the deluxe editions, they have to kind of buy that in. Yeah, and I don't. Maybe they've not got their yeah. version, and, but it's weird that you've got a note saying it went to the delivery company. Oh yeah, I got um, I got a text, I got an email, I got two emails. One saying that it's been dispatched. Uh, we'll be with you next uh, mail delivery. I got a text saying the same thing. I got another email confirmation saying your package plus pre-order bonuses, uh, pre-order DLC has been shipped. It's on its way. Mm-hmm. Still not got it. So I've basically been told, uh, wait till the end of the week. If it's still not there by the end of the week, give it an additional three days the following week, then we'll give you a refund. I was like, it's not going to help me. I kind of want the game. At that point, they're like, oh, please wait seven days. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That is very much pissing me off. You can't do that in an era of competition with Amazon, who are titans at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're and definitely. Right now, they're about to start doing automated uh, stuff in the warehouses here in the UK. Yeah. I think they've been trialing it in the US. They're, they're starting trials here in the UK this week. Mm. You cannot fuck around when you have a company employing robots to make themselves more efficient. Yeah, it's genuinely, this company, I'm surprised. They've already been bailed out once before. Oh, yeah. By a fairly substantial amount. I know people that work for this company, they say we're genuinely surprised if we're going to have a job at the end of 2020. It's not going well. But, um, and I'd love to support them as like a high street store because yeah. seeing them there promoting games and having been there for so long 
Oh yeah, they've they've been a mainstay of the sort of the high street. Yeah, and having them there is great. But if you keep fucking up, I can't like log- yeah. logically support you. Since we're bitching about uh, delivery, I was gonna say like I, I know the company that's delivering it for you. I, you're safe with them, um, but I have beef with like a local del- or a company that operates in Linlithgow in the West Lothian area uh, because they dropped my PC when it they arrived. Dropped your PC. Yeah. I watched the guy drop Fucking the PC hell. from his shoulder, not from like out the back of his van. He put it on his shoulder and then just like he was putting it down. And I just sort of drop off the back, and I've had shit with him ever since. Luckily, the company I was buying the PC from are fantastic. They ship PCs professionally. Yeah, that's what they do. So all the insides were like padded and filled with like RAM. There was nothing moved, nothing broke. Yeah, it was all good. But seeing the guy just drop it and go, mm, and just and it put it back it in his van, and then like he left, like he was supposed to deliver it. Tried, you know, my doorbell downstairs doesn't work, so yeah. he phoned me every time you get here. I gave them my number and said, "Call this number," and I waited in all day for them. That guy just tried ringing the doorbell and then dropped my PC and then put it back in the van and left. And I had to, I was like phoning their customer service. I'm like, dude, get here. Like, I'm right here. I waited all day for this. Just come back with it. And he goes, and he's gone. I'm like, he, he just left. Like, right yeah, now. Like, I'm Phone the phone. Like, get, get him on the phone. He's only in the van. Get him to turn around. Yeah, I am. Please. <laughs> oh, dude, that's not the worst. The, the company that's delivering the package, I've had fucking horror stories with them before. I remember I was coming back from work. This is before I started college. This is going a few years back. Coming back from work, I was walking up the road, uh, just about to get to my door, and the postie is walking down the road past me. And I went, "All right, uh, anything for uh, anything for the Anderson house?" And he went, "Why, there's a package." Like, cool. It's all about doing the van, though. Like, what? Go and get it. You know, just wait till the morning, mate. I went, Your van's doing there. <laughs> <laughs> Your van feet. is literally a. Uh, a couple of paces in front of me. I but it's a heavy, you know. Like, I, that, I'm here. I'll get it for you. I, I'll come with you. <laughs> <laughs> I got no problem. Like I, I'm really enthusiastic about this package. If you can't tell. Yeah, and it, it went, <laughs> what a what he tried to end the argument with him. Mate, I've already written the wee slip. Sorry, you're not in. I went oh, rip. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go and get it. Don't worry, I can. I can. When I go in, I'll just tear that up. Nobody will know. It's exactly. Great. Like I've got two dogs. They'll take care of the fucking thing. I guarantee you that thing did not hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, oh, fine, fuck's sake. And I went, dude, it's your job. <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying to help you here. Yeah, <laughs> just, it means you don't have to come back up tomorrow with the same heavy package. Yeah. You just give me the package. I guarantee, it's like I guarantee you the work caused by not delivering this package is you take that and you have to explain why you couldn't deliver it, put it on a shelf, take it off the shelf tomorrow, put it back in your van. Exactly. Or I help you pick it up at the back of your van and I walk away with it. Exactly. It's not an issue Dogs anymore. fucking good. Yeah, I actually, this week, had uh, an issue with uh, delivering. I got myself a new phone, and it's uh, really awesome. And I'm really loving the hell of it. But I was like, I wasted my Saturday sitting on this couch awaiting the delivery because I ordered it with a like glass protection screen and oh, yeah. a case. Because I'm not a moron. I'm I'm gonna drop this phone. Yep. I want it at least semi rubberized so that it can take the hit. And I waited the whole day just to kind of get this package. And was, like, refreshing the page constantly. Like, where is it, where is it, where is it, where is it? Nothing. No. Didn't update. Still set itself as being, uh, like, processed but not dispatched. Right. So I don't know what that means, but okay, great. Um, And because I'd ordered it with the 
protective like case, that part of the order was marked as processed. So the order was marked as basically done. Mm. So I couldn't go in and edit it. So I just went to like Amazon's customer service and said, excuse me, help. <laughs> <laughs> May I have some help, yeah. sir? Um, I knew they wouldn't deliver it on the Sunday. I think I think they do work Sundays, but I just no, Amazon do deliver on Sunday. That's why I'm I use them quite a lot, especially with the Prime service. Yeah, I've ordered like T-shirts and DVDs and what have you from Amazon and on Saturday, at three o'clock in the afternoon, and got them Sunday. Oh. But the delivery driver always just looks like, man, I was at home. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting chilling out watching fucking Vikings, dude. You've got me out of my bed to come and deliver you this. And it's like, what is it? Futurama? Oh fuck's sake! You better enjoy it. Yeah. And, uh, I, I know the guy that delivers. Oh, you know the guy? Yeah. Cause it, cause, uh, <laughs> I thought it was just a random guy. Oh, you, but you fucking enjoy for your chairman. No, no the, the first time uh, the first time he delivered on a Sunday, because it's only ever happened about three or four times, the first time he delivered on a Sunday, I went, fuck's sake, I wish I didn't have to work a Sunday. Then I just kind of thought, right, this guy must do the local area and has to do a lot of like Sunday deliveries or something. Got talking to the guy and he just went, yeah, I, I'm the only guy that works a Sunday. Everyone else has got religious things on. I'm the only guy that works a fucking Sunday and... Okay, I'm just going to start screwing me in order more, more packages on Sunday. <laughs> I think you're to blame on that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally to blame on that one. But, but I gave him a yeah. Christmas present. I'm, I left a box Did of, you? Yeah, I left, left a box of heroes out there. Cause I'm like, you're the only guy working on a Sunday. You're making sure my shit gets here on a Sunday. Oh, nice. That's pretty good. Same with the milkman. You need to leave a box of chocolates for the milkman. Otherwise, I remember... You have a milkman? Yeah, we have a milkman. Okay, my, interesting. My, yeah, my, my parents are old. They can't be arsed getting... That's fair, that's yeah. fair. And it's a damn bit cheaper. It's like... I think it's some five pounds a week gets us three for a family that's pretty good yeah i think it gets us about three two liter three two liter bottles of milk like sort of that might actually be cheaper than supermarket yeah that's that was the big thing for us yeah and i drink a fuck ton of milk so it, yeah. <laughs> it makes it makes a lot of sense but i, I put in the, the order and asked yeah. if uh customer services for them could change it so look i can't i'm not going to be here or you're not going to deliver it on sunday yeah, I think we'll be able to deliver it because we still don't have it and it might be a stock issue. So yeah. best, I said, look, I won't be in on Monday. Can you change it to my work address that it's sent to work? Uh, but it really confused everyone who has touched this package that although it says my home address, it was going to a completely different address. And everyone who apparently touched this package decides to comment on it to me. Like, I, can't, I, I got it changed. Like there's a note on the package saying like customer requested Delivery change. <laughs> I got like a confirmation saying that my, my my change had been processed and everything was getting sorted, but for some reason everyone was confused. I'm like, everyone was having an aneurysm. <laughs> it says one thing, but the letter says another. Oh my god! What do we do? You just give me the fucking package. Yeah, just, <laughs> come to me at my work and hand over the package. That's all you need to do. That's, your job is done. You can go home now. Congratulations. I know that was hard for you, but we're done here. <laughs> this transaction is over. Is. Uh, <laughs> I've been winding people up though about it because they, me and ID guy go back and forth constantly with just anything tech related and uh, the, the thing I've decided is going to be the new hot feature is the fingerprint scanner at the front of the phone because his is at the back so I said that's the peasant's version of doing things <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being a dick for no just, reason just to mess with them yeah, I was like, you know what? yeah, yeah that's fine, you got a, a thing on the back so do the rest of the poor people that's fine yeah, but unlike you see your phone it's just it has a button on it mine's just cleverly disguised as a spacebar uh, mine's just there's, there's a gap <laughs> <laughs> there's a gap in the bottom there where the protective screen on actually quite happy with this protective screen because I put that on when I was drunk <laughs> I got a little let's, bit shit can last let me night. take a look at it is there any 
It's not bad. Oh, there's no bubbles. It's pretty good. No, no, I'm trying to recognize my face. I know. <laughs> I put the face lock on. And it's like, da-da, instantly like, opens up. Oh, it's weird though, because it, it, it recognizes the face. So your phone's ready to unlock, but you would swipe left. Hmm. Like, I would just swipe it around to open up the, the screen to actually get it to unlock, just in case it accidentally sees my face and goes, open time. It <laughs> just goes, oh, we must work now. I guess it's a feature, or is it a bug? Could be. Could I'm be guessing hard. we're going to call it a feature. It could help in one way, but hurt in another. But yeah. It's always funny handing people my phone because uh, I, I've not went the full hog with the old touchscreen. I still have the BlackBerry phone that have some kind of physical keyboard on it. Yeah, that's gonna scare some people. They always kind of like, "How do I unlock it?" So we need my thumbprint. And then they they start doing this, like tapping the keyboard. Is the, is the screen moving? It's like no, you have to touch the touchscreen, and that apparently is too much for some people. Yeah, some it's weird when you hand people new technology and you don't un- like give people five minutes, especially young people. Like give a kid your phone for like five minutes they know it better than you yeah. do but then you hand somebody like who's a bit set in their ways like apple versus android people like oh, I, yeah, yeah. I have to use an apple phone at work but i use android everywhere else hmm. and i haven't used any apple products since the ipod touch like four three something yeah. like that so i'm way behind but somebody, the last apple product i ever used was the ipod classic and that was that was a while ago that thing just recently crapped out on me Damn, like it couldn't Rip. hold a charge anymore. Ripping pepperonis. Yeah, those things actually lasted surprisingly well. Oh yeah, and th- for some strange reason, they got they got touted as a rare retro item. So people were just, oh, I'll give you three hundred pounds for that half working iPod Classic. Nah, I'm gonna keep it. If that's all right with you, dude. Three hundred pounds? Well, I'd take that. Three hundred pounds? That's money. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, if I could get it to work, I would. Sad that it's considered retro though. Yeah, a lot of things are considered retro. I only found it recently that the Game Boy Advance is considered retro. It's the, mm, yeah, yeah that's, so that's, that's kind of a wake-up call. Well, like, that, that's the Game Boy Advance is a single brick. No, right? the Game Boy Advance was the... Oh, it's the little square one that flips open. Aye, that was the Game Boy Advance SP. The Game Boy Advance oh. was the little kind of... It looked like someone cut a phone screen in half and stuck half our GameCube controller. Oh, yeah, inside. like it looks... It's weird that they took that design and then the ps pro or the like playstation handheld console just kept using that design yeah when the ds2 was just wrecking shit yeah the ds was just gonna like slapping people in the face with dick just <laughs> oh, we're running this bitch <laughs> this dick's made out of money this is made of solid gold this is made of diamonds we make this much money exactly. we have three dicks made out of rich things it was always funny when people said to me oh why, why have you got a ds the psp is so much better i'm like is it is it really? Is How it? many games have you got in the PSP? Four? Oh, what a shame. I can't remember which ones my brothers got. They got they were really big into play. I didn't like PlayStation. I was just like, okay, like but the PlayStation yeah. two, one and two, great. You know the PlayStation two is considered retro now as well. See, if you were to say the PlayStation One was retro, but well we did just kinda get like an yeah, SD, PlayStation uh, One's been remake. retro for a while. Um but the PlayStation Two, I mean that was the first time people like tried to put like a network cable in the back of a, a console. I remember that. Yeah, the, the place. What was it? The PlayStation. I think they might have just been called PlayStation Online or the PlayStation Network feature. I think so. And it was horrible. <laughs> I remember I, trying to play. I couldn't find any games that worked with it. I remember trying to play Star Wars Battlefront Two on it, and it took me about half an hour to load one map. Oh yeah. And I thought this is not good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to stick to my PC. Uh, well, the they they got the one that I think it was the Vita. The one that oh, the was really was bad. horrible. Because we'd heard about the PlayStation, it was the pre- one previous to that had actually been alright. Like it had yeah, bugs, PS- but it had been, you know. PSP it, was alright, it just... It tried. The battery wasn't great. And there was about six or seven good games in total. Uh, but the, the Vita came out and my brothers got one. And they, like, 
were trying to play it as much as they could and they found out that it syncs with the PS3. Mm. There was some stuff that you could do and then they just dropped it. Like, they just stopped playing with it at oh, all. Yeah, the Vita was not a good console. Yeah, I, I don't know. I never actually asked them, like, what was wrong with it. They might still have them. Yeah, they started giving them away free with PS4s at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in a... Holy shit. In Argos, at one point, you could buy... This is when the the first run the PlayStation 4s came out. If you bought a PlayStation 4 with fucking FIFA 18, 17, whatever the fuck it was, you got a free Vita with it. And the Vita also came with whatever version of FIFA it was. Hmm. So you could have some weird crossplay thing, but I guarantee people are not going, oh cool, I have a Vita now. Let's not play the PlayStation 4. Yeah. <laughs> PlayStation 4 came out and just slapped everybody in the mouth. And just, yeah, play the PlayStation 4. We got this game. Then everyone looked at Killzone and just jerked their dick over fantastic like graphics and what have you. Do you remember uh, a couple of weeks back we talked about uh, Fallout 76 and how yeah. it was being a complete shit show? I forgot to mention, I was talking about like free giveaways. Hmm. Did you see how many times they tried to give you Fallout 76? You had yeah. to actively dodge that. It came with, like, you could get Fallout 76 if you bought an Alexa. Yeah. What the hell? Do you know, it's getting to the point where if you go on, go on to any website that sells video games, this yeah. could be Shop 2, uh, the UK version of GameStop, which I only found out that we have this year. I think I've seen one in a shopping centre and I assumed it was a knockoff. Yeah, like somebody was like, "Yes, I have a totally legit GameStop store." I don't know if there's one in the UK. There might be one down in, down in England, or maybe yeah, I was going to say, yeah, probably maybe one in England, maybe one like Ireland or Wales or something like that. But I know there's definitely not one in Scotland. But the, the, GameStop is kind of slowly bleeding over into into the into the UK. But on any website that sells video games, there's a section called Fallout seventy six FAQs. Because so many people have bought it from a website <laughs> and they've just seen, why is this happening? Why is that happening? So they have a special section on the FAQs right now, just Fallout 76. But why did I receive this disc? We're very sorry, but they really want us to get it out there. I figured it was like the, remember when U2 forced their, uh, yeah, forced their album on everybody's iPod? I remember being so angry about that. I went to find out how to delete it. And then when it I, was some convoluted way, wasn't it? Like, wasn't it was a, really hard to get rid of. It wasn't a simple way. I actually can't remember the steps involved to removing that album, but I do remember that it took a while. And I remember coming down, uh, like, because I had the laptop, and that was, like, the my iTunes library was on there. I was just, like, rattling away trying to figure out how to do it. Looking through, like, Google uh, answers and stuff, trying to find a way to do it, because somebody found mm-hmm. it out. And there was just 20 minutes worth of effort to get this done. And I came out down it. I did it. Finally, fucking did it. Dad's like, <laughs> Sense of achievement. Dad's like, what? And I'm like, I got rid of that U2 album. What U2 album? Because he didn't have an iPod. He was just like, what's supposed to be the issue here? You got free music. I'm like, yeah, but it's, but it's shit. It's I don't U2. want it. <laughs> I was just forced to have it. <laughs> I don't yeah. want it. Because I really don't see the big deal. I'm like, look, I just really don't like U2. I think they're really overrated. And I'm really annoyed that I had to do this yeah. and go through all these steps to remove it. Just to see Bono's smug face saying, oh, we've got the most distributed album of all time. Like, yeah, because you fucking cheaters, yeah, motherfuckers. You, you didn't really ask people if they wanted it. You just gave it to people. Yeah, uh, just that's typical Bono shit. Yeah. Typical Bono shit. I remember a lot of people, I mean, a fucking lot of people were pissed off that they just opened up their iPods or iPod touches and just thought, and just seen this YouTube album. Yeah. A lot of people got pissed off about it. A lot of people oddly came to YouTube's defense and go, oh, you're getting a free album from one of the most famous bands on the planet be appreciative I'm like yeah but it's you too they're famous yeah. for more of their charity work than their songs 
I actually don't. I, it's weird to hear people who have a pre-charity recollection of the band. Like, oh, they were actually pretty good and yeah. they did their stuff and it was it was okay. And you're like, yeah, but they suck dick though. And yeah. they just make up for it by being nice people in a yeah, money Bono sense. Ju- yeah, Bono just makes up for it by, you know, spending lots of money on charities, which is a very good thing, but it doesn't stop him being a massive and literal piece of shit. Yes, <laughs> we've all seen the South Park documentary. Exactly. It's not an episode, it's a fucking documentary. That's how Bono was born. <laughs> I, uh, speak- Shout out by a Roman Catholic priest. <laughs> we'll give you the beady. <laughs> Easy, Bono. Did hers the beady. I uh, speak of documentaries. I watched a Ted Bundy documentary that came out on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, a lot of people have been watching that. Uh, yeah, the Ted Bundy. Uh, the I actually got so bad that uh, a friend of mine who was watching it on, I think it was uh, the start, end of last week, she said she watched the whole thing and at the end of it she went to watch some horror movies because she couldn't deal with <laughs> Ted Bundy the fucking horrific killer that he was. Yeah. She wanted to go and watch something that was clearly made up in fiction, but still horrific. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know that, that like... Just as a palate cleanser. There's <laughs> fake versions of Ted Bundy. Yeah, just show me that Ted Bundy's are mainly fiction. Have you... Oh, well, I was waiting for the Amazon order on the Saturday. I sat down and watched the majority yeah. of the season and finished it off uh, like on Monday night. Have you is, seen any, this? Is it good? I've seen it on Netflix, but... It's good. It's a really good documentary that goes through... Um, and it's, I'm so glad that someone's figured out that when you make a documentary, you don't have to kind of do like weird timeline twisting shit. You can just start at the beginning, yeah, start at A and go to Z, and go right through to the end, and just carry it through. Um, and you can just—it's still creepy. We don't need to be kind of like learning shit yeah, yeah. in reverse. You can still be creepy, just explaining, especially with Ted Bundy. You explain how it starts. Yeah, you do walk need- us through it, and then by the end of it, we'll be kind of going. Oh God, why? Because yeah, there was a reason he was a messed up motherfucker. So the 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 episodes are really good, really well edited and directed and stuff. Mm. There's one bit where I'm kind of, I mean, you don't need to hype up what's going on in the series, but there's like a at one point, like the scary music comes on and they start like flashing random images in. It's a lot of quick cuts and stuff, and as people explain how horrible he was and. Like, dude, you don't need to do that. We're already pretty uncomfortable with what this guy does. Yeah, He's, you don't need to. Yeah. I mean, his his deeds kind of speak for themselves. You don't need to add in weird horror movie type imagery just to make us realise that this guy was a bit messed up. He's he's walking into women's homes, beating them to death and strangling them with, like, socks. Yeah. We we know this is a bad guy. We don't need yeah. the, the amped up music. I We don't need the exorcist theme tune to know that this guy <laughs> should be in a horror movie. <laughs> Yeah, just and here we have Ted Bundy. Do 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 do. That's Halloween, not fucking Exorcist. I got my horror movies all mixed up. Still would have been creepy though. Still would have been fucking creepy. The what you really learn about this though is this is where America's serial killer obsession starts because he's an okay looking guy. He looks a little bit like Dennis from It's Always Sunny, so that's a bit odd for me because I'm like, hmm. I really feel like Dennis. I know Dennis is and Charlie Day. That's it. Glenn Howard. He's the really tall. Like really tall, he's the guy. I think he's really good looking. He's really pale and really skinny. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and he's constantly going about he's really in shape. Mm. And you're like, okay, did we get it? Mm. Um, he's almost a spitting image of the guy, but apparently Zac Efron's going to play him in an upcoming uh, drama. Oh fucking course he is. I'm, I'm like, I actually saw him. Like, you actually might be a bit too good looking. Like, you know, uh, he was good looking in the eighties. Ted Bundy was good looking in the 80s. You're good looking now. Yeah, like, but Zac Efron has the brain of mince. Like, nah, he's, he's a pretty good actor. He's a good actor, but he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, he shows up on set and just goes, okay, Mr. Efron, we're going to ask you to read for the part of Ted Bundy. Biceps. 
biceps I show abs yes I show banana I show abs you give me a banana is that how this works no read the read the paper open the no uh, fuck he's wiping his ass with it <laughs> no bad Zach everyone oh, should someone get his hand on just Zach put it down he comes in with a spray bottle just put it down Zachy, no. <laughs> Anymore, you go back in High School Musical. Enough of this shit. <laughs> we will remake it and relaunch it. <laughs> You'll play every character. We, do, do we need a reunion tour? I think we need a reunion yep, tour. Someone's going to get a reunion tour. The, the the actual... When you watch him in court, I think this is like why I want you to see it, yeah. is him in court. Because the last episode, I think you could maybe watch... I think you could watch it all. Like You could just skip to episode four. Mm-hmm. Because that is where the court case is place. There's four. There's four only four. Episodes. All right, that's fine. Um, and they're about 45 minutes to like an yeah, hour. That, that the last one was about an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, but that covers like all of his trials. It sounds um, like something that they made that was going to be just one big feature, but they decided to cut it. Yeah. Like there's the Sundance Film Festival is going on right now, and there's a four hour Michael Jackson documentary about the allegations of him being a pedophile. Jesus Christ. They've split it into two two hour uh, uh, s- settings for easier watching at some point you need to realize that right posthumously there's not a lot you can do yeah you could get money from his trustees and his executors but he's dead <laughs> and by the way as soon as you release that movie they're gonna say it's a lie and exactly. you have to fight that michael jackson's lawyers court. are probably a lot smarter than most people there's a lot of money involved yeah. in michael jackson being not a pedophile yeah. so i guarantee you they're gonna kind of hold off as long as possible yeah but watching um like episode uh, one, two, and three explains like how he goes from different states, and it's interesting to see that part because it shows you the police who are involved in trying to figure out what's going on, mm. and you realize how fucked they are. They had no idea this was coming. They could not have done anything about this. They were just fucked from the get go because mm. uh, all you have to do is just drive over county lines, and they guarantee that the sheriff in one town is not talking to the sheriff in the other town because they're across the county line. Yeah. At that point, it becomes a state issue. And then once it becomes a state issue, what happens if you jump over state lines? Then it's an interstate issue and none of those guys are going to talk to each other. So if you see his map of kills, he starts up in like Washington, up in the top northwest. He goes down to Oregon and then goes down into California. Like he, he just murders his way kind of southeast over time. Hmm. And you can see that there's no way in hell any of these guys will communicate. Because there's no way you could pick up on a pattern like this. Before computers as well, that's part of the issue is to say... Wasn't, wasn't that the thing about uh, Ted Bundy though, there was no... Apart from, I think, all his victims were mainly female? All his victims were female. All his victims were female. Majority were brunette. Like, we know about it now. Yeah. Hindsight is great. Yeah. But the people trying to figure it out as it happened were fucked. Alright, I always thought the thing with Ted Bundy, it was, it was just that they were all female, but it was random and senseless. But you're saying that it was they were all brunette and they were all... Mostly all brunette are like the all white women. I think the the issues come from the fact that he would he knew the police departments weren't talking to each other because he was uh, part of a Republican senator's uh, commission to try and get elect reelected again. He went to work with a police force to try and figure out how the uh, senator could help the police, and then he realized, oh, these people don't talk. Yeah, so that's why he, when he was starting to kill, he was like disappear over the county line kill some people in another like yeah, two towns over take advantage of the no communication home, yeah. thing yeah fucking hell he was a monster <laughs> oh, like yeah, he's, yeah. he's a really smart monster so you could watch the documentary and be like wow these people were fucked the, the one that got me was um, 
they interview a lot of the people who were involved in the investigations. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy there who's sitting on his couch, and he's a real, he's old, he's in his like eighties now, and he's just sitting there going, "Yeah, um, I had been on the police force for like six months uh, when we first found Ted Bundy's first uh, crime scene. Mm-hmm. I'd never dealt with a crime before then. Six months, he hadn't done shit." <laughs> He'd just been driving around on patrol or helping out local stuff. Just on the beat, yeah. So this Apparently. this guy was a new cop and just been had had nothing to do for six months. Then it, it, it Ted Bundy. No major <laughs> incidents, and then all of a sudden the first thing he actually sees is Ted Bundy's Ted first fucking missing Bundy. person. Like he's beating the shit out of a woman. Like you can see like blood everywhere, all over the bed sheets and stuff. And then like the woman's missing, and you're like, okay, kid, figure it out. <laughs> figure this shit. Out. At that point, why that guy didn't just hand in his notice? I mean, that's testament to his character, I guess. Yeah, testament to this guy's character that he didn't see that bloodbath fistfuck of just <laughs> craziness and just hand in his gun and badge and go, fuck this. I'm, I'm going to go and work in an office. <laughs> Dude, did you see what he did to that woman? No, you can't because we don't have the body yet. Exactly. It's been six weeks. What the fuck? So that's been uh, like, and you get through his investigation and he's captured at several points. At one point he escapes out the roof of a prison cell. He lost enough weight to like there, there's like an inst- uh, an installation for the uh, the lamp. Yeah, and his thing he was able to push that up into the ceiling, move it to the side, and then climb out through the ho- through the roof. Climbed it or got himself into like an office building, grabbed the change of clothes, and just walked out the front door. Jesus Christ! Motherfucker is like alien and predator at the same time. Jesus, see that's what that that kind of thing genuinely terrifies me because you get they just it totally differentiates itself from the the typical horror movie antagonist because. Mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees, he's big, he's brooding, he's scary. There's no intelligence about him. He's just a big, fucking, mean, vicious killer. You can see that there's no intelligence about him. It's the people like Ted Bundy that just these smart motherfuckers that then turn to the the dark side almost. And you see their how they're just outsmarting people and outfoxing like local enforcement. So that just genuinely terrifies you. And uh, by episode four, he's been properly apprehended for two murders. In a sorority house and the abduction and murder of a like nine year old girl, I think it is, or nine or eleven year old girl. And it takes you through his legal defense, starring himself. He, he tries represented himself. Pretty much tries to. Um unfortunately as he's not a fully fledged lawyer who can't actually defend himself in court legally, so he has I think at one point, like, three other, like, attorneys as co-defense. Like, uh, co-counselors, yeah. Co-counselors, and he is the chief counselor of his own defense because he thinks he can do it. And he's had, he's spent a couple years trying to be a lawyer, trying to get his uh, certification up in Seattle, Hmm. but he's now being tried in Florida. And you can watch the shit show this guy causes. It's unreal. He he, he comes up with everything to try and stall the case. At one point, he complains he's had the same cheese toasty sandwich for three days in a row, and that that's stopping him from working on his case. So he asks for a different meal to be served. And he takes up court time with that. How the judge didn't just step down and just start beating him with the gavel yeah. is beyond me. <laughs> judge just steps in and goes, look, you're clearly wasting court time. Contempt of court on top of the murder charges. Well, at one point he is actually charged with contempt of court because he uses, I think it was what they said, wet toilet roll to like jam up the lock into his cell. So he like the guards can't get in to get him. Court starts, he's, he was due to be there for nine. He's not there at like ten past nine. They're like, uh, you're in contempt of court. We're adding that on at your sentence here. Like, <laughs> that's on your list of charges. It's proven you're already in contempt of court. That'll be added on at your sentence. Yeah. 
I mean, fuck it. Imagine being the people that have to sit with Ted Bundy and be the be his co-counsel. The the best one that you get is um he was asked by a or he had the one of the first witnesses was one of the cops that looked at the child his child mega sorority house one of the mm. first cops that was through the door was asked to be like crime scene witness so they said or like the lawyer stood up and said what'd you do what did you see when you went in what time did you go in what you know establish the basis so yeah get the get wow. a kind of baseline yeah baseline for the statement that goes through the guy's like about to be dismissed by the judge ted bundy stands up and goes <clears throat> please describe in excruciating detail all the various shit I can basically jerk myself off to at night. Like he's asking for like, oh, you find the woman's body. Was she naked? Did you see her breasts? Describe the breasts. Did you touch the breasts? You're like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> dude, stop talking. If, I can imagine if the, the judge in that situation just goes, you're no longer allowed to talk. I don't care if you're, <laughs> you're leading your own defense. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Any more of this shit, I'm taking away right to free speech. I will do that. <laughs> do not test me, boy. Judge made law, motherfucker. Shut up. <laughs> New rule. No. <laughs> <laughs> you shut. Like you keep talking, I'm going to launch a gavel at your head. And uh, he, like even his um, like chief, like one of his top lawyers that are there is like, we couldn't believe it was happening. We were sitting there in stunned disbelief saying to ourselves, he cannot be doing this. We were having like some kind of fever dream at this yeah. like some shared hallucination that this, you know, possible murderer is trying to get like almost uh, almost seemed to be enjoying kind of teasing details at detective who should have been gone 20 minutes ago doesn't need to be here we were done with him he isn't helping himself he's not helping his case he's just coming across as creepy to the like 13 people who are trying yeah. to try him and the, if that were to come about that he's just this guy's clearly a sociopath that has no regard for other humans yeah. it's not exactly going to help his case yeah, if he's furthering <laughs> the fact that this guy's a bit kind of you know touched in the head, or a bit maybe mentally disturbed, the judges in every right just go, "I've heard enough. <laughs> I know exactly what charges I'm throwing at this motherfucker, and you're getting. I guarantee the jury's going to find you guilty." Yeah, the there was another one where he got into it with one of his co-counselors, where he was, um, they were they were interviewing somebody. I can't remember who exactly it was. Oh, it was as a, a key eyewitness for the uh the prosecutors who mm. the the woman had seen ted bundy and given a description to a police sketch artist and that had helped track down bundy and arrest him and you know oh it does kind of look the drawing itself was shit yeah. it was like a five-year-old draw like <laughs> hey hey five-year-old draw a bad guy try to steal steal shit out of his <laughs> jagged teeth and black eyes it's <laughs> <laughs> like okay that qualified and that was part of the arrest i guess i guess it helped and his co-counselor steps up and says oh he starts uh, doing a bit of a chat and it's like did you see him did you see his face briefly did you make eye contact did you see his hair did you see like just starts going through details yeah. and the woman can't answer any of this because Bundy was wearing black face mask and stuff and was like like she only saw him for like a couple of seconds right but he demolishes her as an expert witness or as a as a as a, a first uh, I guess what would you call again I think it would be a character witness I think it was no, eyewitness. No, it would be an eyewitness, yeah. yeah. It depends. A character witness is someone that basically backs up, that tries to just give evidence based on the character of the person yeah. that's being prosecuted. So I, it would be an eyewitness. But he, like, goes in and demolishes her as an eyewitness. I can, I, I can see why. Pokes some holes and it, it leaves the kind of reasonable doubt. 
which is what they're trying to prove. Yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, just to kind of touch on what Colin's saying, if like, the prosecutor's job is to prove beyond all reasonable doubt, I, I think it's fairly, it's the standard of proof in Scotland anyway, that you have to prove beyond all reasonable doubt that this guy killed this, these people. Probably the same in America as well. The, yeah, it is. The job of the, sorry, it'd be the defence almost, <laughs> like the, the, the people yeah. that are defending Ted Bundy, they've basically just got to make the prosecutor's case look doubtful they just need to plant that tiny little seed of doubt so that's basically what that that prosecutor was or that defense attorney was doing just be going oh really you clearly didn't see the guy you are not credible and you say you just tore the last shreds it's like a five-year-old did it it's just you can't get a little timmy to draw a picture of the bad man and say oh this is the bad man look bad man there but she does point to dead bondy in court and say yep that's the guy yeah that's the guy um and as soon as that's done like the expert witness or the eyewitness is gone Uh Ted Bundy stands up and says, "I would like to have the uh, like the lawyer who just did this for him and basically could have won him his freedom uh, removed from the court. He's uh, clearly trying to uh, <laughs> win me this case. <laughs> he's he's what I say, help me, or he's uh, something to do with like he's clearly trying to um, get himself the the glory here. I'm like, dude, you're not playing for glory. He's trying to help you here. Dude. You're in Florida. This is a death state penalty. <laughs> you're gonna die." <laughs> And he just, he's explaining, like, oh, yeah, like, I he's going to try to get himself, uh, he's going to pretend he's top dog. He's not uh, respecting my authority as the, uh, the the chief counsel on this case. And you're like, dude, what the fuck? He's the only guy that's trying to get you at least a life sentence, because there's no way, yeah. They're trying no to negotiate it down to a life sentence, or just get dismissed on reasonable doubt. And uh, the guy actually just goes, I'm done. And just leave. The guy just goes, I'm, I put a motion in to dismiss myself. <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. And just walks out. He just goes to the judge, my lord, can I go? This guy's a fucking head case. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go see my kids. I'm going to hug my wife. I'm going to hug my kids. I'm going to buy them a fucking dog. <laughs> we we Anything can't that they wanted, one. I'm yeah. just letting them have because I cannot deal with this shit. I need love surrounding me right now. Uh, needless to say, Ted Bundy does not win his case. <laughs> I fucking... I can see why. There's the the last little kind of twist of the knife is I that... I think uh, Ted from... Sorry, interrupt there, but I think Ted from Scrubs described it best with even a fucking great lawyer couldn't win this case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I miss Ted from Scrubs. He's fucking uh, hilarious. He actually... He tours... Uh, him and his band tour the, the university scene in Scotland quite a lot. Huh. Every year, he is at the Glasgow Caledonian Uni sort of graduation ceremony. All right, <laughs> friend of mine. Maybe he's got a family tie there. Maybe he does. But well, um, his last name is Lloyd, so hmm. it could be something. There. Yeah. Um. But he, we get onto like the point where he's he's on death row and he's been there for twelve years or something like that. Hmm. And you can see like it's breaking him because you know he's in there with death row inmates who are not the nicest people on the planet. Yeah. I mean, you have to be a bad motherfucker to get put on death row. And he has been uh, gradually changing. He also seems to point to the fact that every experience he's had with a death row inmate, that inmate, has been obsessed with pornography. So you have Ted Bundy, literally the devil, saying that porn is bad for people. Okay, <laughs> thanks for that, Ted. Way to grab the moral high ground there. <laughs> you know what, Ted? We we're going to kill you. But now, seems like you've had some thinking time. <laughs> You've discovered the root of all this, and it was porn. And yet he himself didn't really indulge in that, I think. Um, I don't think they, were, they cover that, but I just think that, like, he didn't really mention whether or not he liked to jerk himself off a lot. He probably did. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you, you got to imagine that someone that's going after specifically women in order to kill them, yeah. you got to imagine there's some sick, twisted shit in there. But he has a new team of lawyers at that point who are trying to uh, negotiate away from the death penalty. 
So look, he can spend the rest of his life in prison, but execution of people is inhumane. And the the chief uh, lawyer on this is saying she doesn't like the fact that people in her state are executed in her name because it's done by the government uh, to protect the the you know the population. Mm. She just doesn't like that, so she's been. She doesn't really like Ted Bundy, uh, but she's like, look, I just on on the on these ethical grounds, I object to his execution. And then with like two days, like you keep getting like stays of execution, so he can fight a new angle on his case based on the fact that he is certifiably not mentally okay and the fact that he should never have been involved in his own co-counsel or like try to involved in his own legal defense he should have just sat there shut up and let mm. the lawyers do their job which was apparently the original strategy which seemed like a pretty good strategy um they were trying to argue that he was mentally unfit and shouldn't have been doing it and a harvard psychiatrist says he is bipolar he does have depressive mood swings and whenever you see him act out rationally during his case you can actually link it to him being bipolar and in a depressive phase mm. uh, and also he is mildly or so far like with a five-minute interview he seems somewhat sociopathic hmm really no <laughs> shit uh so yeah there's a lot of that and revelation <laughs> just as they get to that point he admits to it all literally confesses to everything and we're not talking like i did it i'm talking like he gives details about what he did with severed heads and you're like dude <laughs> You can see his lawyers go, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Ted, <laughs> mate, come on. Ted. Um, At that look, point, you just go, fuck it, kill him. <laughs> Get rid of this bastard. There's a there's a gross carnival of people showing up to watch him be executed. And the, the, the documentary does a very good job of saying, Ted Bundy is a sick man over here. Over here, a group of equally sick fucking bastards who are waiting for him to be fried. And they just... They, they show you footage of like people selling like electric uh, chair little like lapel pins like mm-hmm. oh just five dollars for this lapel pin that looks like a, an electric chair see we made it with three stu- like three legs just like the original electric chair was just a stool had three legs oh it's it's authentic you're a creepy motherfucker yeah I mean jeez <laughs> fucking hell I don't even have like no funny allegory for that that's just fucking weird yeah there's a lot of weird stuff like the fact that they have uh, like the sheer volume of news media coverage because yeah. his, his trial was televised and it was yeah. a shit show so everyone was like oh god here comes the guy who was the shit show trial from like a decade ago he's about to be executed let's all get like camera footage of it and they like managed to get cameras in position to zoom in because it gets scheduled for like 7 in the morning at about 6 in the morning they turn on the chamber like they get everything set up they start doing set up at like 6 in the morning mm. so you get like this outline of the building at like sun like the sun is starting to rise starting to turn the sky a bit red and you just see like one little room with a white light and like that's the kill chamber that's creepy as fuck i have no idea why they were like oh we need to like we need to point that out quick yeah. get the footage get the footage and you can see like a guard walking around doing stuff in the room you're like oh that's weird <laughs> oh don't like that and they're reporting like oh good news the executioner was a woman guess we got the revenge ladies yeah <laughs> whole thing is horrific yeah it, it, it does sound like the kind of thing it's interesting to see but it doesn't like the whole thing it would just make your skin crawl i really think you should watch it at yeah. least watch episode four i might watch the, the courtroom the courtroom episode does seem interesting as well because i'm always i'm always a fan of just seeing how different sort of court systems work but oh fuck i've got a funny feeling i'm just going to be shouting fuck you ted at the screen quite a bit if you watch all four episodes you will do that but if you just watched episode three you'll be like 
how did anyone let any of this happen for more than five minutes? Right. The judge should have stepped Ooh. in and just went, okay, I cannot, you're making a mockery of my courtroom, people. Uh, yeah, there's at one point he gets into a shouting match with the judge for, and starts waving his finger. And the judge is like, don't you wave your finger at me, boy. I'm like, that's your objection to this. That's like, we're now three months into the trial of the fucking decade here. <laughs> three months into the trial of the decade and the judge has reverted to a teacher. Just don't you wave your finger at me. No finger waving. <laughs> he took Ted Bundy and waves his finger at someone else because you can wave your finger at him. That's fine. It's not me. I'm immune to finger waving. I'm a judge, damn it. <laughs> I went to law school for years, man. That's what the wig does. <laughs> One thing I'm not looking forward to about being fully qualified is a... Uh, yeah, Scott's lawyers have to wear it as well, don't they? Yeah, they'll, they'll try to get rid of it. No, they should. It's a bit antiquated. It's archaic. It just, I mean, the reason why they wore it is because it was just what people wore at the time. Hmm. Seriously, that's it. There was a, there was some bullshit documentary that I was shown when I was at college that said, oh no, they wear it because they weren't meant to be practicing law at the time. And it's like, I've heard conflicting sources that it was just, that was the fashion. So that's why lawyers wore wigs. Hmm. Wait, they, they wore a, a wig because they weren't supposed to be practicing law. Yeah, they they wore the they wore the wig as some kind of identity concealer, and immediately I thought that's bullshit. Yeah, that doesn't work. It more <laughs> it aligns up properly that they wore the wig because everyone else wore a wig, and maybe they wore extravagant wigs to show that we are people that are meant to be taken seriously, and that's why the judge has the biggest, sort of most extravagant wig. That I suppose consistency. Yeah, like you want to know, like if this wig. So, like this wig means he's on this side and this wig yeah. means he's on the other. Yeah. That the would man make sense. in the blue wig. Yeah, the man in the blue wig would like the floor. So. <laughs> would the judge my with a massive name... wavy wig allow this, please? <laughs> my name is Lord Fotheringham Farquhar and I am of the blue wig party. I wish the floor, sir. <laughs> I will not yield the floor, sir, damn it. <laughs> I will filibuster the shit out of this. <laughs> one day one guy showed up with a mohawk wig like, what the fuck, mate? Oh, shit, fuck, here comes... <laughs> Here comes Jeff. <laughs> here comes Jeff with ah, he's, his ideas. He's, oh, fuck. He's, here's the janitor. We've been in here too long. I propose a penguin did this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Seven people are dead, Jeff. Calm the fuck down. Wait, did you just see a penguin killed all these people? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why not a bully? <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> At that point, he just jumps out a window. <laughs> the only way to end that. <laughs> Good old crazy Jeff. <laughs> he's back, it going, doo, 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 doo. back to the opium. Then <laughs> pip, pip, away with me. <laughs> Don't uh, you mean away with thee? No, <laughs> I do not. Fuck your social norms. But uh, I think I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about Resident Evil 2. Go for it. Because I don't say this enough about uh, video games because I do think that a game, there's not really been a game that has got a perfect score in my mind. Yeah. And obviously, with Resident Evil 2, there's a bit of a bias because it is my favorite game of all time. But Resident Evil 2 is a 10 out of 10 in my opinion. It is just, it hits every single mark that I wanted a remake of Resident Evil 2 to hit. It expands upon it. Um, there's certain parts that I just think that could have, that could have been done a bit better in the original game. They do it in this game. All right. like the interactions between Claire and Sherry are just so much more organic now. Claire Redfield, right? Claire Redfield. Uh, Chris Redfield's little sister. You actually find some notes in Resident Evil 2 from Chris Redfield. Right. That make him seem like the sleaziest motherfucker of all time. Because the whole point, uh, when Claire hits the RPD, when she gets into the police station, she talks to another uh, member, of the, member of the police force, a guy named uh, Lieutenant Branagh. He's the guy that, he's the Lieutenant or Lieutenant. I can I can never get this right. Lieutenant. Lieutenant. 
it's because I, I come from, like, quite a few people in my family are from a military background. Right. I've, I've got lieutenant burned into my head. <laughs> Apparently that was the old UK way of saying it, but uh, lieutenant, lieutenant, whatever the fucking way you call it. The character's name is Marvin Branagh. And as soon as Claire uh, meets this character, she goes, oh, you're, you're RPD as well. Where's my brother? And they go, oh, he's in Europe. You came here to get your brother. You're a fucking idiot. He's away in Europe. <laughs> so, How do you not know that? <laughs> exactly. Why didn't your brother tell you? But uh, you find some notes and he's like, oh, you, find, you go into the star's office and you find a note from Chris saying, oh, uh, how's it going back in uh, Raccoon City? Hope everything's going good. I'm in Europe banging some hot babes. <laughs> Clearly Chris Redfield is on the trail of something else. <laughs> Clearly, because the, the, uh, the hint from Resident Evil Remake and Resident Evil 1 is that Chris has followed Wesker's trail after Resident Evil 1 because he's pissed off that Wesker killed basically all his friends. Understandable. And he basically used them as a guinea pig. So Chris fucking hates Wesker, so he follows him to Europe, but he doesn't want anyone else to follow him, so he kind of leaves little breadcrumb trails for everyone else. To, oh, he's in Europe, he's on vacation, what have you. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> basically make Chris feel like a fucking sleaze. But uh, going back to the, the interactions with Claire and Sherry, you kind of get, in the other game, it was just, oh, Sherry's there. You don't really need to, don't really need to worry about it, but now she follows you around certain areas. Okay. And she looks scarily close, like one of my, uh, one of my, uh, friends uh, daughter that I'm just like <laughs> if she gets hurt I'm going to flash back to this kid I'm going to get pissed off <laughs> how old is Sherry? Uh, Sherry is she's nine okay she's right. a young school girl and she gets introduced in probably the funniest way possible uh, Claire is trying to get into a little kind of control room and there's a filing cabinet that's fallen at an angle so she needs to pull it out of the way but there's other crap and stuff on top of it so she can't move it so she crouches down and tries to fit through it and Sherry is just going no, get away, you need to run. And Claire's just like, no, come, come with me, you reach my hand. He's saying, you can, I can help you. And she goes, no, you need help. Claire goes, I didn't hear you say that again. No, you need help. Why do I need help? Because my dad's behind you. And her dad is the big bad of the game, William Birkin. All right. He's all mutating shit and he just slams down. <laughs> he starts cracking <laughs> shit. And uh, she also mentioned that in the game you play as two different characters. She plays uh, Leon Kennedy, who's the rookie cop. Okay. And he plays Claire Redfield, who's the university student looking for a brother both have different separate branching paths each branch is different enough to count as two separate games in my opinion so it's the same setting but the different characters running through it gives you a different storyline Leon gets he goes into different areas that Claire can't get to Claire gets a different set of weapons Mm -hmm. like at the start of the game you can go into the weapons locker in the police station Leon gets a shotgun Claire gets a grenade launcher okay funnily (laughs) enough it's easier with Leon (laughs) right I suppose if you're using a grenade launcher in confined spaces, it might get a bit tricky. It does get quite useful when you're just using flame rounds and you can burn about four of them at once. Uh, you can burn, if you hit them at the right moment, uh, the, f- the fire hits off one and just kind of spreads around to the rest of them. So you can basically get a four four hit KO. And okay. Just one shot, hit four of them. But um, the difference, uh, like, just, like I, was, I mentioned the two different characters because they both interact with other characters in the game in a separate way. Uh, when you're fighting Birkin as Claire, uh, Birkin just punches the ground and the ground gets unstable and they both fall through to this kind of little uh, engineering room. Uh, I think it's I, I think it's called like the they fall into this kind of boiler room. There's all these different apparatuses and stuff kicking about. Uh, Claire and Birkin have the fight there, but when you're playing as Leon, Birkin grabs the Leon's head with his big mutated tyrant arm and just slams his head through the fucking grating. Right. And then until the grating breaks and Leon's just sitting there going, okay, I guess i got to fight him now. <laughs> he just <laughs> wearily picks up his pistol. But uh, I should also mention, uh, Sherry is exclusive to Claire's campaign. 
Right. Uh, Leon instead. <laughs> Uh, he talking team, monkey, talking monkey, talking monkey. No, not talking monkey. Oh. He, he doesn't go all Damien Wayne on you and get a talking monkey. No, he meets up with a FBI agent called hmm. Ada Wong. All oh, right, and yeah. And she's basically kind of femme fatale. Like, you're new, you're young, you're gonna. Like, she's whoever done a mocap for Ada. It's fucking hell. Like she's meant to look like hot, and so she's meant to be yeah. that kind of honey trap. Was like, yeah, you're gonna help me, like not just because I'm hot, but because I'm here for a good cause. She's basically leading Leon along, but um. Leon meets up with Ada and from the from the immediate get-go, Leon's just like, yeah, sure, I'll help you out, whatever you want to do. I'm like, you thirsty motherfucker. <laughs> but as that kind of goes along, the tables kind of flip. Yeah. Then when it gets to a certain plot point in the game, uh, Leon just goes, you used me all along. And it, he just pulls his gun on Ada. Oh, <laughs> shit. Straight off the gun. Other shit happens, but I just kind of... I did th- hear that they made Leon very, like you say, rookie cop, but oh, like, yeah. they really tried to make him like a complete amateur. Yeah. And then he progresses throughout the story to be yeah. reasonable. The best uh, review I can give you of the characters is uh, Claire Redfield starts off as this sweet, very kind, very nice, bubbly, happy girl that's just, uh, she's just out to find her brother and she wants to get the F out of Dodge. Because uh, when she meets Marvin, she's like, yeah, sure, I'll help you. I'll help you, no problem. She goes from being this nice, sweet girl to fucking Ripley. Right. Because <laughs> at one point, uh, Birkin's bearing down on her and she just goes, enough with this shit. Pulls out her pistol and says, I am done. <laughs> and just starts fighting Birkin off the bat. Leon, same thing. He goes from being this kind of, this kind of overhelpful, this rookie character to the final point where he meets, before he fights his final boss, before the true final boss. Because mm-hmm. uh, the whole point of it is, uh, the different scenarios, you can do an A campaign for both characters and you can do a B campaign for both characters. Right. That's how it was in the original, but in this game, they call it first run, second run. Okay. If you do first run for Claire and second run for Leon, that's the canon ending. But if you do first run Leon, second run Claire, that's a kind of offshoot, different type of story. Uh, I've always seen it as Claire A, Leon B, that's the main canon ending. Leon draws the gun on Ada and then he goes off to fight his final boss. Leon is just the same thing. He's like, oh, fuck's sake. I'm done with this whole shithole city. I want to get the <laughs> F out of Dodge. And he just pulls his gun on on this character called uh, uh, in the the novels and then the sort of side comics he was called Mr. X just because it was a code name but he's actually just called Tyrant in this game or when he gets mutated he's called Super Tyrant oh yeah because the motherfucker is bulletproof you can shoot him in the head and that stuns him for about 10 seconds but then he just gets straight back up you could lay in him with about 3 magnum rounds it's just going to knock him down for 10 seconds again uh, Leon's final boss fight before the end is a the, the tyrant has been mutated because Leon's just finally managed to deal enough damage and the whole area around him is going to collapse and so that's dealing extra damage to him. And at the same point of that, Leon's just fighting like fuck desperately trying to get rid of him and he's just like, what the fuck does it take to kill you? And he's just laying out bullet after bullet and then you get the cool moment from the original game where Ada just goes, right, we're even now and throws him a rocket launcher. Right. <laughs> and it's the way that Ada delivers that line because uh, they're on a they're on a, an elevator that's just going down at an angle so she slides the rocket launcher down Oh, right. and Ada just goes well we're even now and just walks away and I thought that's fucking brilliant because I didn't think they were going to put it in Yeah, but just in that little moment but better yeah. gosh, holy shit this game's good it's the definition of a reason for a HD remaster oh yeah yeah and it's uh, the different what they do with certain minor characters as well because they've, re- they've released a new DLC called Ghost Survivors and that's other characters that are in the game but you never really see what happens to them okay uh, the three characters that you can play as, as you can play as the mayor's daughter who you only ever see on the operating table in one of the other main characters' offices. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about this character in a minute. He's called uh, Chief Brian Irons. 
he is a cunt. Because <laughs> he no, sounds like he's a porn actor, I'm not going to lie. He does have a massive fucking porn stash, but he's like an old, an old kind of heavier set dude. Yeah. But uh, you find this character on his kind of operating table because he's all into taxidermy and stuff. <laughs> so he finds this, he's got the mayor's daughter ready to cut her open and stuff. It's fucking horrible. The other characters that you can play as is one of the members of Hunk's team. Uh, right. Hunk, Hunk is the top umbrella operative. Is uh, Hunk not the guy you've never seen his face? Yeah, you never see his face. Oh yeah, like, I liked his story when I read it and I was like, oh yeah, he's like an absolute badass machine. Yeah. But at the same time, like nobody knows what it looks like. Yeah, there's only one person that's ever seen his face and that's Wesker. Huh. And Wesker hasn't told anybody about it because, well, he's Wesker. Yeah. But uh, the, apparently Hunk is his code name and it stands for human unit never killed because he's been dropped into different situations and he survived no matter what. He got dropped into the Resident Evil Zero in, in one of the backstory sort of novel things, it might even be one of the comic books, Hunk gets dropped into an old facility and just had to fight his way through with nothing but a knife. Right. He manages to do it, he gets the gene, the virus sample and just gets the fuck out of there. Hmm. Guy's a total badass. But he plays one of the members of his uh, squad that gets gunned, that gets uh, destroyed by Birkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the scenario that you're going to play there is just him getting, or them working their way through the facility to find Birkin and try and get the G-virus sample off him. And the final character that he plays is a character called uh, Brian Kendall, who runs the Kendall gun shop. Right. Literally, he was in there at the first Resident Evil 2 to show you who makes the samurai edges for the stars at Raccoon Police Department. And he's there just to kind of say, here's where you get the shotgun and it's the first human person that you encounter, apart from Claire as Leon in Resident Evil 2. And this one, he's just a random citizen that's just defending his property. Hmm. But what they've done to him this time is fucking horrific. They've given him a little daughter who they mention in Resident Evil 2 and she is infected. Great. That storyline's going to be fun to play through. (laughs) So Leon and Ada are walking through the, the gun shop and he picks up his little girl puts the shotgun over the shoulder, walks into a back room and just says, just fucking go. Give us some privacy, will you? You hear the door closing as you're walking away. You just hear... Oh. And at that point, this without any word of exaggeration, this is exactly how it happened. I hit pause and put the controller down for a second. Turned to my brother and went, I'm going to need a minute. And he went, yeah, me too. (laughs) I just... Because you see the little girl... That is horrific. You see the little girl, a little uh, black-haired girl. She's got the kind of infection going on and she's just sitting there going, Daddy... I feel so good. She doesn't even say that. She just goes, Daddy. Then she looks up at Ada and goes, Mommy. Then uh, Kendall just goes, Fuck. He starts getting angry at Leon. Just goes, You're a cop. You're meant to fucking know something. Then that's like, that kind of leads into another little character moment with Leon and Ada. And she says, Right, fair enough. Don't tell me what you're doing. But that guy's daughter just fucking died. You work for the FBI. You know something. Let us. Well, you work for the FBI. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very important air quotations there. Yeah. But no, I could not recommend this game highly enough. There's just. If you're a fan of Resident Evil, you're going to be so fucking satisfied. But even if you're not a fan of Resident Evil, the gameplay, the horror aspects, because the horror aspects of the game, the the enemies, the boss fights are all fucking phenomenal. Another, I think you might like quite like it as well, because in uh, obviously there's different uh, variations in difficulty. There's the standard mode, which is going to give you a decent challenge because uh, ammo and healing items are still fairly scarce. Mm-hmm. Fairly scarce. Then you've got hardcore mode, where you have to save using ink ribbons, which you only get one of per location. And you're very, very limited on ammo. Does this game come out for PC? Yes. Right. It is out for PC. I think it might be coming out. If it's not out now, it's coming out soon for PC. Right. Just I'm thinking if we're going to get down to really tight situations with not a lot of ammo and I need to be accurate with headshots, I'm feeling headshots that mouse and keyboard. Headshots don't do that much. Oh, shit. Uh, it runs on a kind of critical hit system. So you can do 
the best way to uh, fight the zombies in this game is stagger them. Like, shoot them in the kneecap and you can actually remove their leg if you get them with a decent shot. Okay. So the leg can fall off and then start crawling towards you. That's the best chance of getting away from them. But if you shoot them in the head, they get enough kind of knockback and stun that you can just run away. But mm. if you're lucky and the gun's being upgraded enough because you can get gun upgrades throughout the game, you can get the headshot and that can sometimes blow their head off. Uh, so uh, headshots, headshots might not help you all that much. But they, they still do a significant amount of stagger damage compared to uh, compared to like body shots or arm shots or something. All right, but I mean the it's weird to think of a a zombie game where the headshots aren't the key thing. Yeah, I mean obviously that I should I should also mention that that's with pistols. If you if you go up with a headshot with a shotgun, also the head's going to explode. I'd like to hope that would be the case. Yeah, headshots explode. Well, if you've got the magnum, boom headshot with a with the magnum, it's going to make their head crack open like a grape I was uh, it was actually the thing that introduced me to mouse and keyboard was uh, State of Decay mm. using that with uh, just I think I managed to get 11 headshots in a row with a 12 capacity pistol and it was like oh, I wanted to get 12 but there's nothing there's nobody around like <laughs> I killed everyone <laughs> I just had a, a horde come at me out of a door uh, but it's single file for some reason mm. I was like okay <laughs> I guess we'll deal with this the old-fashioned way click 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 <laughs> just leave the mouse on their heads and just don't even touch it just lean over and click actually i've got myself a new uh, mouse and keyboard and i'm like oh, i'm really itching to try it out and something hmm. siege has been uh interesting but i've not been able to just like you need to be in the zone for siege uh when you're just you can't i mean you can jump on and do pickup games like terrorist hunt or just like casual games without any like too much issue but if you actually want to get good you need to sit for several hours back to back and just grind through a game and just get used to the map, the scenarios, the the annoying attackers that seem to headshot you when you know you shot them in the head and it's bullshit. And it's total lag. Yeah. Must be lag. It's God hacks. damn it. Hacks, total hacks. Elite hacks. Elite <laughs> hacksaws. Uber hacksaws. But you wanted to talk about uh, Captain Pornstache. Oh yeah, Captain Pornstache. Fuck, I forgot about him. Uh, Chief Brian Irons in the, in the original Resident Evil 2 was a piece of shit. Uh, he... He was on the he was on the take from Umbrella. He was basically getting told, "We're going to do this. You shut the fuck up. You give us help when we need it, but you just stay quiet." In this game, they've started expanding upon it because he always was a fan of taxidermy. Because if you go into his office, there was animals and stuff stuffed on the walls. He had a fucking tiger, live tiger that he killed and stuffed himself. <laughs> Pretty baller. Yeah. Really. And then uh, you go into his office in the original game, and there was the mayor's daughter lying on a snooker table. And he starts going, oh, the perfect specimen, such lovely white skin. And Okay, that's pretty fucking creepy. This is where we're going with this. Yeah, then in the second one, they just ramp that up. <laughs> they, uh, hmm. You find one of his uh, diaries. It's a kind of, this is what he hunted, this is what he got. The first <laughs> thing is like, oh, I found, I found a pig when I was out hunting. Uh, this, it was, uh, no, I found a, found a deer when I was out hunting this size, this weight. Then as you keep reading through it, it's fairly standard. Then it gets to the back page, and it's like twenty-two-year-old pig, female, blonde hair, and like, oh, he's not talking about a pig. He's talking about a, <laughs> talking about a, a human being, a female human being. We're talking about people here. Yeah. Then it starts saying, oh, this specimen was so perfect, I nearly came, and I just thought, oh god, we didn't need this level of creep from <laughs> from a chief Brian Irons, but he gets he gets dispatched in a fairly fitting way. Actually, it kind of. It makes more sense the way that he dies in this game as opposed to it did in the did in the previous game. All right. Um, 
they also with the addition of the orphanage, there's the the hint that he might have, you know, done something to kids as well. Great. So you are extremely justified in that particular section of the game where you deal with him to deal with him. Hmm. I'm hoping it involves removing kneecaps with a shotgun. It's not quite that gratifying, but it's still pretty gratifying when you when you, when you actually get to deal with him. It's pretty cool. And then the ultimate end from this just use a monster to kill a monster. Excellent. I like where this is going. <laughs> I was wondering, actually, you're you talking about, um, the last time you were on, you were talking about when you played the demo, there was a, not missing liquor, but, like, they'd moved it. Yeah, yeah. Did you find your buddy again? Yeah, I found him. I found him and he had all his parts. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you do the, it's the same if you do the A and B scenario. If you do the A and B scenario, it's in different locations. If you do the, the A scenario, it's going to be in a different upper floor, but if you do the B scenario, it's in its usual place. Okay. But that can change. Depending on the playthrough. Hmm. But yeah, they are tough motherfuckers now. They can just get you from nowhere and you can't hear them. Well, you can't see them. All you really hear is just, you hear the, the claws clicking off the floor and you just think, oh, motherfucker, there's a liquor somewhere near me. <laughs> I, I can hear it again. It's fucking rattling on the walls. It's, just, it's above me. You just shoot the grenade launcher up the way. Time <laughs> for a tactical deployment with the grenade launcher. Upstairs. <laughs> Bye. <Bye-bye. laughs> Suffering problems, a good old-fashioned American yeah. way. Superior firepower. Yeah. And that's that's another thing that I meant to tell you. Uh, zombies can just roam everywhere. Like, oh. Yeah, you're, obviously they can't get to safe zones because you need to have some respite in the game. But if you're wandering in a certain area, in the original game, there would be maybe one zombie that you can deal with. But in the new one, there can just be one zombie in there. At one point, you kill him, leave, come back. There could be about three zombies in there. They're attracted by the noise. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned Attracted by the Nose because there's another character, uh, Mr. X, that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. He His purpose in the game is to clean up anyone that might have knowledge about Umbrella. Anyone who knows anything you about Umbrella. You can tie it back to the company. Yeah, his job is just to clear the, clear the board. They basically get rid of all these people. So when he's when you first meet him, he's just wandering on the PlayStation and he goes, oh, you're a loose end. I'm going to chase you. And he fucking follows you everywhere. You right. get no respite from him. And you can hear him. He's a... He's basically just stomping around the place and you hear really heavy bootsteps just all over the place. And obviously you know when he's coming and when they start getting louder. Right. And he just bursts through doors. And at one point he bursts through a fucking wall. It's just, there's no <laughs> stopping him. There's just no way of stopping this motherfucker. Like I said, you can shoot him and that yeah. downs him for a couple of minutes. But if you are lackadaisical in any way, shape or form, he just gets back up. Mm. And he can just, he can punch you, he can grab your head and squeeze it like a fucking watermelon. Awesome. <laughs> but the good thing is, if you've got a, a knife on you, you can stab him with a knife. Or if you've got a grenade or something, you can drop that at your feet and that kind of disperses him a bit. Right. You can use your, def- the best way to beat him is just use your defensive items and run away. Right. Like, use your knife. Because the weird thing they've done in this game is you don't have one knife that you just, that's with you for the whole game. Right. You can pick up different knives because it, it's a knife that you're going to be using to stab people. It's going to blunt, it's going to break. So it makes more sense that you can pick up more uh, uh, knives as you go through the game. I suppose that would counter. I know I did hear people talking about the uh, breaking knives. Yeah, I know you brought it up as well. Like, oh yeah, your knife can break. Uh, what? Yeah, but if you go through the game, you can shoot these little collectibles. If you shoot all fifteen of them, you get an unbreakable knife. So oh. it, it works out well. But the same thing is, if you stab it in somebody's chest and they don't die, you then need to find that zombie and get your knife back. Awesome, <laughs> that's pretty fun. Uh, and also, you get the sort of frag grenades and the flashbang grenades. They're also they're your other defensive items. And you, hmm. if there's a zombie coming at you, you can shove it in the mouth. 
then if you get enough distance between you, you can shoot the grenade in their mouth. It's pretty fucking cool. Awesome. It's really awesome. I, but uh, that does fuck up on Mr. X. It just he just drops you. If you throw a grenade at his feet and he's strangling you, like holding you up in the air, he'd drop it at his feet, he'll he'll drop you. But then a couple of seconds later he'll just shake that off and come back at you. That sounds pretty hard to Manage. And he's unpredictable as well. All oh, right, like you can literally you'll hear footsteps at one point. And you just think, right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to hang back. He's not going to follow me. Then you, all of a sudden you just hear door will burst open. He's like, oh, you thought you were being quiet, motherfucker. Yeah, does he talk? No, he doesn't talk. He's just stone face. Right, because if he had an attitude, he was like bursting the walls. Yeah, what's up, Timmy? Shit. He's a he's a tyrant. He's a he's like I think he's one of the T-Virus tyrants from the first game that they've perfected and just like, we can control this guy now. Oh. Okay, yeah. he seems reasonably programmable. Yeah, and he does his job fucking well. Yeah. He catches you at any point. He even gets his side ripped out. Oh. And he just regenerates it. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> just when you think you've got him, you're like, oh, cow, he can take damage, just not from pistols. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That grew back fast. Yeah, it doesn't regenerate instantly, but he comes back at some point and they're like, oh, shit. And they do say that it's the same one. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, motherfucker! Take a, take a day off. The first couple of times you see him, you're like, "Oh shit, this is awesome!" Like it's it's so terrifying. But then it gets to a certain point where you've seen him that many times, you're like, "Fuck off! <laughs> take a day off, you dick! I'm done with you." Would you please fuck off, sir? <laughs> I have one magnum round and three grenades left. Leave me alone! I can't deal with this shit right now. I uh, speaking of games, there is Assassin's Creed Rogue is coming to Xbox Live's Games with Gold. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've played that one. I have not played that one. Most people haven't, because it came at the very end of the 360 PSD era, Mm -hmm. like, as the launch of the PS4 and uh, Xbox One was happening, and I think there was another Assassin's Creed that was kind of out at the time where they were remastering the Ezio collection. Mm. But Assassin's Creed Rogue, is that the one where you play as the Chinese assassin, or is this the one set in London? No, this is uh, set in America. This uh, The one in China is a 2D platformer that I had. Um, I've since uninstalled it after playing the India one, because that game controls like ass. Mm. So I removed those from my Xbox. Yeah, those old PSP 3DS titles, oh, Assassin's Creed games don't really play that well. Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out why, like how to do certain things. I'm like, you know what? It's just not worth it. No, I don't care. It. I don't care about the side story. Yeah. Um. So I've been playing through. I've been playing through like a, a couple other games, but like hearing that Rogues come out, I'm like, ah oh, man, I kind of want to go back to that because it's the same engine and same world as uh, Black Flag, and it's actually related to Black Flag as well. Um. Right. I think you're playing as. Is it Edward Kent? Yeah, it's Edward Kenway. Um, no, it's Edward Kenway is the one in the Black Flag games. Is it Hatham? Something like that. I think I, you're like his grandfather or something. Or like you're his grandson. No, I know Edward Kenway is Connor Kenway's grandfather. So I think Hatham Kenway is the Templar. Yeah, he's you, you're I, playing as an assassin that jumps ship to the Templars. And it's the same kind of area. Yeah, that's a Hatham Kenway. Hatham Kenway. A lot of fun. Uh, playing this game and it was like the best they could get out of the Black Flag engine this was them we're like okay we're done with this but we've got one more idea let's give yeah, it a go let's give it a shot and the uh, the, the finale of it sets up uh, Assassin's Creed Unity actually Unity was the one that was coming out because uh, they were pumping up Unity but they also kind of like slipped Rogue out there and given how Unity turned out with its uh, horrific glitches they really should have pumped up the uh, the side game a bit more 
But I think just because it was a new console era, they didn't want to go back, so they just said, no, nah, let's ignore it. Uh, it means a lot of people missed out on a really good game, and now that it's free, if you have an Xbox Live subscription, I'd highly recommend it to people. And uh, I'm just kind of going around, like, beating the drum, like, guys, it's here, you can play this, it doesn't cost you a penny, just give it a go. Go back to the good old days. Yeah. Because uh, Odyssey apparently is very good. But it's exactly the same as Assassin's Creed Origins. No, it's not. Really? I, I would have no issue with it being the same as Origins. It's uh, easier, though. Easier. And I'm like, ugh, kind of want difficulty. Yeah. When an Assassin's Creed game decides it's going to kick your ass, it's going to kick your ass. Yeah, I remember having that same kind of feeling because I played Assassin's Creed 2. I thought, this game, it wasn't too difficult, but at the same time, it wasn't too hard. It wasn't too easy. It was, had that kind of middle ground about it. Yeah. Then you went from that to, is it Brotherhood? Is Brotherhood then Revelations or Revelations and Brotherhood? Brotherhood and then Revelations. Uh, Brotherhood's when you fought the, is it the Borgias? Yeah. Yeah. And then Revelations is when you fight, first fight the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, no, Assassin's Creed 2 is when you first fight the Pope. Uh, possibly. I know the Borgias and the Popes are involved, not in all of them. But I'm pretty sure it's yeah. like at the very end of Ezio's career. It's when he's like, now I'm going to break uh, into the Vatican. Assassin's Creed Revelations is when he's in, is it Turkey, Constantinople? And that's where he gets the hook blade. I think we'd be right. Yeah. It's so convoluted at this point. Yeah. But I just remember in Brotherhood, because Assassin's Creed 2, it was that good mix of not too difficult, not too yeah. easy. It was that kind of nice, even ground. I thought maybe like a bit more of a challenge than you go to Brotherhood and the final fight when you're just, or the fight where you have to. You basically have to work your way through hordes of soldiers then get to the main bad guy. Yeah. And it's just so much shit. And even when you're fighting the main bad guy, all the other little dickheads can just swarm around you. You're like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> I am busy, do you mind, sir? I'm trying to kill your leader. Respect, motherfuckers. The Brotherhood thing bugged me because I think that's where they started trying to do terror defence. Yeah, that got and shit. I was like, can we not? Let's yeah. so defend all five assassins' uh, outposts. Nah. Nah, I don't, I'm, no, I'm no for it. I'll, I'll do the tutorial one and then I'm just going to leave. So, yeah. yeah that's exactly it. what I did with um, the Gwent card game in the Witcher series. Yeah. I did one for the tutorial and I have not played one. I did the same thing with Red Dead uh, where you have to play one of each of the games for an achievement. I did that and I left. <laughs> Slightly later, nerds, you can have fun. Like, Because the thing for me was uh, Five Finger Fillet. So say you get the knife and you one, two, one, three, one, four, one, five, one, six, one, two, one, yeah. and you just keep increasing the speed between as you like jab a knife between your fingers. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> and I can see it getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm not good at like rhythm games, so I just yeah. know it's gonna get horrific. So I'm just gonna do the one that I need to do to qualify for the achievement, then I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna do the bare minimum, I'm gonna get the fuck out. That and uh, there's a there's a poker match you have to play for uh, the campaign, so I got that one done. Yeah, that's part one the heist that you pull off on a on a river gambling boat. Pretty good, and although it does end with like the most ridiculous gunfight, like how did a gun like how did a, a, a kind of pleasure cruise have about thirty armed guards on it, all of whom have the best rifle in the game and all of whom want to murder your ass? <laughs> so you're there in a top hat going, oh shit, return fire. <laughs> there in a kind of maverick situation, just going, oh crap, I need to fight now. <laughs> it's uh, it was a fun game though, Red Dead. Kind of like I'm playing Dark Souls now. Just I'm, hmm. I'm kind of done with Red Dead, I think, for a while, and especially since the online is allegedly broken. Yeah, I've heard that's not good. Yeah, at least according to the Red Dead Reddit community, uh, we're not having it anymore. 
So I was like, well, I'm just not going to play it at all. Yeah. And I'll come back once it's fixed and see what it, all the, the hoopla was about. So I'm back on Dark Souls. And I, I beat yeah. Ornstein and Smo, which are the uh, the big guards. Like there's, It's the really yeah, there's big the, fat one and the one with the lightning. Yeah, I remember if you beat one, the other one becomes massive or something like that. Yeah, if you beat one, uh, the one that survive, is surviving gains the powers of the other one. Ah, uh, right. So I Or- kind of like that. That's pretty cool. Ornstein, uh, the lightning one, becomes giant and lightning and the uh small adds lightning to some of his attacks so there's no real way no real way to kind of choose how well it's going to go it just depends do you want to fight a fast enemy at the end or a slower enemy at the end but the slower enemy is going to spam special attacks yeah the amount of lightning charged ass slams that guy can pull off in five minutes is unreal jesus it's one game i always wanted to get into because it looks fucking stunning oh the It looks really good, and the challenge that you get from it is really good. I just have shit reflexes when it comes to that. It's the, 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 the timing needs yeah. to be frame perfect. Yeah, the dodge rolling and stuff in that game is pretty harsh. It's pretty unforgiving. I think I took eight hours to beat the final boss once, yeah. and that was just because I refused. It. You can make it a lot easier for yourself by learning how to parry. Hmm. If you learn how to parry, you can win a lot faster, and that's how I eventually beat him the second time around. Where it didn't take me 100 hours to complete the game. Um, but if you want to actually get into like a proper like Dukes Up fisticuffs <laughs> fight, you're going to have to really start beating the shit out of him from the get-go and not let up and also not get hit. Yeah. Which is doable, just really, really difficult. So now that we're done with the games, uh, we probably should have brought up uh, the, the anime uh, spectacular of the year, uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Because we've been hyped up, hyped up about it for months, and it'd be weird now, now that it's out if we didn't talk about it. Yeah. Unfortunately, Dom has not seen it. No, I have not seen it. This is owing to the fact that I don't drive, and all the showings are on quite early in the morning, and when yeah. I have other shit on. I think, when was it you went to see it? You went to see it last... Sunday. Last Sunday. I went to see it on Sunday, and it's because yeah. it was a 12.45 showing. Yeah. I was like, I can make that. I would just go for it. And yeah. Just, I'm actually now with the, there's been a series of uh, upgrades to the Central Scotland rail system. I kind of want to make the Odeon in Edinburgh my go-to cinema instead of the Cineworld in Falkirk. Yeah, because it would work it price-wise roughly the same, wouldn't it? Yeah, like the price of the train is higher than the cost of the bus, but the price of the ticket is lower than the price of the other yeah, ticket. It's like five pound or something in the Odeon. It's like six forty. Yeah, compared to about ten forty in Cineworld, like yeah. Oh, ridiculous! I kind of like it's the same price, and I feel like it's a much better experience. Oh, yeah. If so. I could, if I could specifically tailor my cinema going experience, I would cut out Cine World and just have View Cinemas and Odeon Cinemas up and down the country. Yeah, so I went through to see that, um, and going spoiler free on this might be a bit tricky. Okay, so it might leave us with a shorter discussion than we'd okay. like, but I'd rather leave you wanting more than the look and you'll never guess who dies at the end and then you should go oh no no point in seeing the movie now yeah um because i the first thing you can know is this thing is a feast for the eyes yeah like, it looks beautiful when we the initial teaser trailer for this was goku just kind of bouncing back and forward on his feet and whoa that was gorgeous like it's, yeah. it's clearly hand-drawn um there's a lot of like good thick lines on it it looks gorgeous it's really like everyone thought there's no way the rest of the movie is like this it is like that and the whole movie 
the there's a couple moments of CGI. It's not noticeable. It's used to enhance a couple of scenes, and it's used for the spaceships. Yeah, because fuck drawing spinning spaceships. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're gonna go and waste all that time on animation like that. Yeah, but the character scenes are animated. You are a massive Vegeta fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vegeta gets the best looking part of the fight. Really, him like escalating Broly just to keep testing where Broly can go is gorgeous. Like, I, I, there's weird things to do with, um, like, the fact that Super Saiyan gives you yellow aura. Mm-hmm. Vegeta wears blue armor. The yellow aura around the blue, uh, like, the blue bodysuit makes it slightly greenish. Really? Oh, but it's a nice green. You're like, can Vegeta just look like that? That would be kind of awesome. <laughs> can you just make this the new animation style? This would be gorgeous. Um, the, the, the explanation... Uh, well, the, the first scene as well, because the other character of Dragon Ball that you're a big fan of is Bardock, yeah. who is the father of Goku. And Bardock's great shiny moment is him realizing Frieza's about to destroy the planet and trying just one last ditch effort to save his people. Mm-hmm. Doesn't end well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you would know that because if it had worked, there would be a lot more sayings around. Yeah. The. I mean, it's the Superman story. Yeah, uh, Jor-El always has to die to save Kalu. So Bardock is. Yeah, that's the, the nerdish reference I'm going to make today. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I've noticed is that well, Superman and Goku have always kind of shared similar stories. It's a lot closer now. Yeah. They've reworked some of the story. It kind of works in its favor, I guess. Like I think it's it's an improvement in the fact that they've now included Goku's mother. Yeah, who, Genie, Genie, think something like that. Yeah. Um, I did have to take a quick piss break because I had like a couple pints before I sat there because I was like, oh, i got 40 minutes to waste. Yeah, I'll have a couple pints. Beer time. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I mean, they had something called Puffin Ale. Why am I not going to try Puffin Ale? Um, subpar. Um, but <laughs> subpar best. <laughs> yeah, best. Uh, there's, there's good beer and then there's what you can find at a Weatherspoons. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're two <laughs> different things. Dude, my options are limited. Yeah. Needs must. <laughs> yeah, it needs must. There wasn't a brew dog within 10 minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't be paying for a Brudok. Yeah. Expensive shit. <laughs> Expensive um, shit being, yeah. The correct combination. The correct of combination of words to use on that one. But the, the, the reworking um, does, uh, they also give you the, the view of the moment King Cole, like you understand why Frieza is the emperor when his dad is still alive. Because mm. King Cole's just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm just, he, this, the kid's taken over. And you can see baby Frieza. And you also get uh, throughout the course of the kind of uh, the prologue, you get a shot of Baby Vegeta, mm-hmm. uh, Nappa with hair, Nappa with hair, yes, <laughs> um, and this is the worst fucking haircut. <laughs> what is it? Just like a tuft at the front or something? Uh, it's a tuft uh, just over the top of the head. It's fucking bright. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was like that's the- oh god, that's Nappa. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's this guy? Oh Nappa. boy. <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> someone has to fuck up a barber. That's all I'm saying. Um, they have uh, baby rabbits. Baby rabbits. Baby rabbits is hilarious. It's <laughs> very. He's actually just kicking about, or yeah, he's he's part of like the the explanation is um, Vegeta ruins or uh, planet Vegeta gets blown up, and the message goes out to all the off-world saints who didn't make it back in time mm-hmm. that the planet was hit by a meteor. And then there's Nappa gets that message because he's the kind of senior guard for uh, Prince Vegeta. Yeah, he's uh, the 
he's not the kind of nanny, but he's the kind of bodyguard for Vegeta or something. Isn't he? Nanny bodyguard. I mean, nanny guard. <laughs> nanny guard. Yeah, he's he's the nanny guard. Uh, episode title. Um, <laughs> the nanny guard. So there's the and Raditz was out of time because Raditz was kind of part of Vegeta's squad. Yeah, technically. Um, the so steps do. <laughs> yeah, everybody needs a little booster every now and again. Why not have the tall guy who can just pick you up and lift you, yeah. especially when you're midget ass Vegeta? <laughs> yeah. So tiny man. Uh, there's a bit of dialogue back and forth. Uh, they also drew. Have you seen? It was before the start of Super and before they did the Dragon Ball movies. Oh, Turbo. Uh, Vegeta's brother. Vegeta's brother. He's canon now. He's canon. Yeah, he got canonized. Nice one. Because Raditz goes, "Hey, didn't you have a little brother?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah." Don't know, don't, no, he wasn't on the planet though. He was sent to fucking nowhere because he was useless. So, <laughs> uh, and then he, he goes, "Wait, did you have a brother?" He goes, "Raditz is like, mm, I think so, but he was still in a growth pod at home, so it's probably not an issue. <laughs> He's probably dead. Yeah, it's probably fine. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Um, more space armor for me. So you get to see these little kind of chibi versions of the kids' yeah. characters. You're like, this is fucking hilarious. I'd watch hours of this shit, just like the, the Raditz and Vegeta adventures of them just dicking around in space. Uh, King Cole got a little bit of a redesign as well, but it's just to just change the way he looks. It, it, it's fine. Um, and you see... King uh, Cold was always one of those characters. That oh, no, so not King Cold, King Vegeta. King Vegeta. Alright then, just uh, talking about uh, King Cold there. King Cold was one of those characters that I wanted to see do something. Because yeah. he has that kind of bit of a fight with uh, Trunks, and then Trunks just punches him in the gut and then ends him. Yeah, cr- Trunks kind of just dealt with things in yeah. 30 seconds that took the entire show <laughs> several years to hey, get rid of. Hey Goku, how long did it take you to beat Frieza? Dead. <laughs> King Cold, dead. Fuck King you. Cold, deleted. <laughs> hey Dad, I can go Super Saiyan. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't, don't worry though, I earned this. Everybody died. Um, <laughs> Everyone had to die. You died first though. Uh, actually, speaking of characters that are in the, uh, the thing, Trunks is there in his kid form. Mm-hmm. Um, who, uh, Goten's there. He doesn't speak. Uh, the Garlic Squad, like uh, Garlic Jr. and his dog and Maya. That's Maya, right? The the little black-haired oh, girl. That's not, that's not Garlic Jr. That's... Um Emperor Pilaf. Emperor Pilaf, sorry. Uh, yeah, Emperor Pilaf squad. They're there. both villains that yeah. got dealt with quite quickly. They look, <laughs> they look the same. Yeah, they look identical. <laughs> just one has a nose. Um, but they're there. They don't actually speak, though. They do have a good panic reaction. I think they might kind of have a panic reaction, but don't, there's nothing actually happens there. Um, but Gohan isn't there. Gohan isn't there. Not there at all. Throughout the whole movie, Gohan's not there. Nope. Yeah. Not even mentioned. Really? Not even name dropped. Not even like, maybe we should go hand on this. <laughs> it's like, no, don't even bring him up. He just isn't there. Uh, mm. Bullet is though. Bullet? Uh, as in, is she still a baby? Or? She's a baby, yeah. Uh, she gets left with Lord Beerus. <laughs> Lord Beerus becomes a babysitter. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of, there's a Whis, Vegeta, Goku. Uh, Bulma plays a good part in it as well. Nice. Which is nice uh, to see her back. Because she just kind of gets like pushed. Off. Like a lot of characters get pushed off to the side during the series. Uh, so there's no Yamcha, no Tien, no Krillin. No Krillin. Just realized there's no Krillin. Hmm. Not sure how I feel about that one. Yeah. Krillin um, was always a good character. Just as the the human the human bar. <laughs> like this is what yeah. these gods can do. What can Krillin do? What's his equivalent? Piccolo makes a five minute cameo. Really? Does he yeah. just show up with the Dragon Balls and go right? I'm off. Uh no. He shows up at the end to help teach the uh, the fusion dance. Really? Yeah, that's it. Motherfucker. That is a waste. I know. I mean, now look, it's it's weird because the whole movie is a, like, Sabat powerhouse performance. Because really? he is King Vegeta, 
Vegeta, Shenron, Piccolo. That's a lot of Sabat. Yeah, that's a lot of Chris Sabat. Uh, so having him do like a lot of work as Piccolo probably would have killed him. Yeah. At that point. So he's there uh, as a kind of mentor and he does like weird kind of like mental jokes with Goku and stuff because Goku can now just like speak people tele- telepathically. Yeah, he did have weird, they always kind of hinted that he had weird powers because he, he, could, he could make things float. He had some weird psychokinesis thing about there's a there's a lot of uh, stuff that we see with uh, the the saying God powers that get mm. used, um, but the main thing about this is Broly. Yeah, this is the best version of that character, and possibly the best version of any character in Dragon Ball we've seen in the series. Mm-hmm. He is really well written. The entire point of Broly for the the previous movies was he is an unstoppable rage monster and Toriyama looked at that and said fuck that I need to fix that that (laughs) doesn't work yeah but the the guy who drew Broly and wrote Broly's backstory just thought he's the Hulk yeah I want to do someone that's unstoppable he actually gets a a couple Hulk moments really when you see it it's first of all hilarious then it gets brutal like (laughs) it's so funny just like in that one time in the Marvel movie he hasn't stopped Oh, oh, does he fuck. do the, the Avengers Hulk smash thing? Mm-hmm. Really? Picks up Goku and treats him like a fucking child's toy. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And then it stops being awesome and starts being like, hey, Goku can't die, right? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got the Dragon Balls, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just get a, a quick rain check on the Dragon Balls? Um... But the, the important thing about this movie, and it's, I can feel free to talk about most of this movie, I don't want to spoil... Broly's character arc mm-hmm. which is a weird thing to say because before that yeah, Broly, it's a very weird thing yeah, to hear he literally never had a character arc he hated Goku because he cried because he cried in the bed next to him when they were kids that leaves so many holes and it's like Toriyama went sat down and went I like that idea of a character of an unstoppable rage monster but, let's but give there him a has character. to be a reason yeah. and there needs to be a purpose and a point to this uh, the use of Pyragus throughout this is brilliant as well. It explains a lot of why Broly is the way he is. What you know, what goes on with those two characters? Yeah, you've got to imagine Paragus is in there, kind of fan in the flames, going, "We hate the same. They tried to send you away. We hate Vegeta. We hate Vegeta. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's dead. We hate Vegeta's son. We hate Vegeta's son. <laughs> <laughs> we hate Vegeta. My son, the planet, or me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's still my favorite joke yeah. of all of Dragon Ball Z abridged. Is just him going in, you my Lord Vegeta, they're coming to blow up Vegeta. My son, the planet or me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the annihilation wave afterwards. But the, the use of Paragus throughout this, the, the movie mm-hmm. to explain why Broly is the way he is and to set up certain events, you're like, I don't know who like taught Toriyama these writing techniques since the end of Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. We've never had anything like this before. Really? I was just gobsmacked. Like, by the end of it, it leaves you feeling certain ways about certain characters that you're like, I don't know how this movie is going to end and make me happy. And I don't know if it should end that way. And if it does, will it be okay? And the whole thing, you're like, I don't know if this is going to pay off. I would just say it paid off the way I wanted it to. And I will leave it at that because I don't want to spoil right. how the payoff works. Mm-hmm. For, or how it worked for me and how I felt about it so I would definitely go and see this while it's still in cinemas because you're going to need that fucking f- giant screen to see everything that's going on yeah 
it's some, it's still on the cinema. They extended it actually because it excellent. It broke eight hundred and fifty thousand pounds UK in its first week. Nice for an anime movie that's huge. Yeah, it's a record breaker in the US as well. Yeah, um, it's the third highest grossing anime movie of all time, second only to Spirited Away, and I think it beats Spirit. No, it's uh, in the UK anyway. I don't, oh, I don't know in the UK, in the US, but in the UK, it beat Spirited Away and it beat the other one. Whatever the fuck this big studio Ghibli movie was. <laughs> My Neighbor Totoro? I don't fucking know. Princess Mononoke. Yeah, probably Princess Mononoke. Who the fuck knows? But I, I was going to say, like, I was like, you were, I was going to see a movie. I was like, did your name even make it to the charts here in the UK? You're fucking shit. It was a good movie. Mm. Um, but this is fantastic. If you get a chance to go see it, do it. Yeah. Do not waste time. Go see this movie because you're going to leave it. Like, I, I was sitting there at points with just like childish glee on my face just smile uh, no idea why i was like i'm just loving this <laughs> also uh first person broly hmm? we get a first person shot from broly's perspective really <laughs> yes and nice. you i didn't see what was going on for a second i was like this camera's moving off over why is where's broly <laughs> oh <laughs> well, so is, he, is it mid fight or it's mid fight oh nice yeah don't say anymore don't say it's anymore. awesome i was just gonna Oh, I'm the Broly. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I'm Broly now. It happened. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Broly, uh, the, the January wallet purge for me continues in yeah. terms of games because they announced Dragon Ball Fighter Season 2. You texted me about this. I texted you about this because I didn't I didn't expect it. You're like, you need to know this is happening now. <laughs> I, I felt like I needed, to tell, I needed to tell someone who appreciates Dragon Ball that we're getting a season two. Yes. I, I have friends that appreciate fighting games. I have a lot of friends that appreciate video games, but I have none that appreciate both. <laughs> no one really appreciates video games and Dragon Ball Z. And uh, the characters that they announced, they weren't really shocking to me, but at the same time, it's the fact that I'm now seeing these characters in a game yeah. and being used fucking expertly by the guys at Bandai Namco and the guys that are making uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. It's just fucking awesome to see. Uh, the characters are, in this season anyway, the ones that have been announced are Jiren the Grey from uh, Dragon Ball Super. Jiren is awesome. And who is just a fucking tank. He can yeah. take so many hits and just punch through them and stuff. It's, it animates really well. The second character is, who is the one who I'm actually more excited for and that is Videl and the Great Saiyaman. Yes! <laughs> Videl, she she does the bulk of the fighting, but at some point, uh, Gohan is the great Saiyan will come in and do a kind of assist move. Okay. And one of her super moves is it's a counter move. So if she gets clocked during the counter move, she'll fall to the deck, but Gohan will jump in, turn Super Saiyan 2, and just fire a Kamehameha across the room. Right. And I thought, that's pretty fucking cool. I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah. But it's the first time I've ever seen any fighting game where I've thought, oh, look, there's that, that kind of almost secondary character in the show. Oh, dude, there's a set. There's like one of the main characters in the show. I'm going to be so jazzed to play as them. No, I'll play as Jiren, but I'm I'm probably going to spend most of my time working on Videl and the Great Saiyan, which is great because most people really fucking hate the Great Saiyan arc of Dragon Ball Z. I think it's great. I think it's I just, think it's funny as hell. I think it's just nice and cheesy and hokey. It's just good. It's they made a great filler arc that yeah. didn't really fit anywhere else, and we're just like, you know what? Fuck it, let's just do it. It's like someone said, well, if you had a budget and didn't really have to give a shit about your next six weeks of work, what would you do? You know. Hmm. Let's turn Gohan into a superhero. <laughs> Let's make Gohan a superhero, but he's also trying not to use his powers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's still somehow manages to catch bullets and whatever. Yeah. Who else is coming? Because you've got Jiren Videl. You've got Jiren Videl. There's another two characters who they haven't announced yet. That's the middle set of characters. There's okay. a lot of, there's a lot of uh, speculation that that's going to be uh, 
Super Saiyan Blue Evolved Vegeta, right? Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that in the, the Universal Tournament arc. Uh, basically, Goku and Vegeta backed up against the wall when they're fighting Jiren. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goku bursts into Super Saiyan Blue Kaioken. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, Vegeta just digs as deep as he can, and he gets a next. He gets the next stage of Super Saiyan Blue, right? Which is kind of like the best way to describe it is remember when. You got no. Super Saiyan 1 and then you got Super Saiyan 2 where it's no. just an enhanced aura and electricity and stuff. It would make sense if it was that, but uh, what they've done, or how they've, how they've explained it is in, it's the same thing that happened when Vegeta fought Cell for the first time. He just went in the Ultra Saiyan form. Oh, he helped out a bit, yeah. Yeah, that's basically that, but with Super Saiyan Blue so he can move as quick as he could. Okay. But he still has the increased strength from what you would assume to be the Ultra Saiyan. That's basically what happened there. Mm-hmm. And the other character that has been hinted to be was the ultra uh, mastered ultra instinct Goku. Ooh, that could be cool. But again, it's another Goku and another Vegeta. The thing for me though is that you can't make it canon. Like you can't work it the same level of like you can't have Krillin go up against Ultra Instinct Goku. Yeah, <laughs> that results in a dead Krillin. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a very quick wish to the Dragon Balls to yeah. say please bring him back. <laughs> we've all seen the, we've all seen the first episode of Dragon Ball Super when Krillin's just like screw it, I want to test my powers. Goku goes Super Saiyan and punch me. And he just goes okay and levels him across a field. <laughs> like he lands in a rock and just goes okay, maybe I can't fight Goku anymore. <laughs> Get a little too old for this shit. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I'm going to go and raise my kids and just leave it at that. I'm going to be old and bang my hot Android wife. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also a couple other characters that is rumoured to be. So everyone's saying that it could be, it's going to be another Goku and Vegeta. Personally, if it's more the main characters, why are people complaining? You knew this was going to happen. Yeah. It's, uh, it prints money, bitch. It prints money. People love it. Uh, and they're also hinting that it could be a baby Vegeta and Super Saiyan 4 Goku from that series that doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Which I hope it doesn't happen because they're not... Have they released Android 17 yet? Yeah, Android 17's a... He's fucking great. Right, because Android 17 appears in the end of Super. Maybe they should have a version of him from the Tournament of Power. He's in there. Uh, He's in there in the costume that he... He's in the outfit that he wears in the Tournament of Power. All right, cool. He's got the the Ranger, Park Ranger outfit. You're like, oh, he just retired to be with nature. Yeah. Huh. He's actually a pretty good character. He's a really viable character. Some yeah. of the shit that you can do in the kind of mid-air game mm-hmm. is really, really cool. Really, really uh, effective if you can use them. But unfortunately, I've mained Vegeta pretty much since I started the game, so I know how to play Vegeta. What is a surprise. I, I, I know how to use <laughs> all three forms of Vegeta. I know how to use Gohan. I know how to use Hit. And I know how to use Bardock. That is it. Hmm. But uh, aye. So a lot of people are saying it could be... It's, it's definitely it's strongly hinting to be another Goku and Vegeta. A lot of people are pissed off like, oh, we don't need any more fucking Saiyans in this movie series, this movie anime show about Saiyans. Have they done Vegeta and, or Vegito and Gogeta? Vegito's in it. Right. He's another real, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Vegito, or Super Saiyan Blue Vegito. Right. He's already in the game. Again, a really, really good character, hyper utility. He's got so many different arrows in his quiver that he can use. Uh, One of the best moves that he can do is one of his, I think it's his level two super move. Where he does the, the spirit sword. It covers oh, yeah. the full screen. And so if there's someone trying to fly above you, you just pop the spirit sword, catch them mid-animation, and hit them on the way down. It's pretty cool. It's pretty effective. Yeah. But the other two characters that are talking about Gogeta are Super Saiyan Blue Gogeta and Super and uh, Super Broly. So they're doing another version of Broly, but it's okay. going to be Super Broly. Hmm. Personally, I'm okay with it. I prefer the new version of Broly as opposed to the, the weird kind of Arabian Prince get-up that the other Broly had. Oh, right, you're talking about from the old design. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I never got it. It's just, is he meant to be some kind of 
Arabian royalty. Some. I just figured it was like because he disappeared off planet Vegeta, he just went to live on another planet. Yeah, that's and he just kind of adopted from. their stuff until he went. Oh, he could just destroy the planet. Yeah, I just I never I never liked it. It seemed a bit kind of we're meant to fear this guy. Yeah, it looks like he's just walking a bit in his jammies. Yeah. I prefer the, the Saiyan armor, Super Broly. Dude, that'd be pretty scary if you go to a fighting tournament there's a guy just hanging out in his pyjamas. <laughs> He's sitting there in a Batman sitting onesie. Sitting with a just... teddy bear like, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Rubbing his eyes, going, Broly, destroy. <laughs> like, what's that guy's deal? What's he got? Like, what, what does he have? How is he so relaxed? And a room full of people can beat the shit out of everyone on the planet. He goes up to his opponent and pings him and he goes, I'm going to bed now. <laughs> We're done. I need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody bragging, like, somebody who's that calm has something to brag about. Yeah, he's got a story to tell. Yeah. Actually, if you want to talk about uh, weird fighting tournaments, I watched Baki all the way through. I did yeah. watch Sirius the Jaeger. I finished did it. Finish I just want to say, huh, I finished it twice because I fell asleep watching the finale. <laughs> <laughs> the grand fight. The end of the entire world is at stake. And <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> is it really that boring that you, it knocked you out? And I was watching it late at night. I was like, oh, well, I'll probably just stay up to finish this series. And no. <laughs> so I finished, I refinished it today. And yeah, I, I, I gave it, I, I use Mal, my anime list, which gives me a list of everything I've watched and I can rate it. And it's good for reference for the podcast. I can go back yeah. and see what I th- or what my initial score was. And I initially go, oh yeah, that's why I thought that. Yeah. Um, I don't review stuff there just because I don't feel like typing up words only to then have somebody who's like a real anime snob come out and say, actually, you're really wrong about the theories. Actually, you'll find that seriously <laughs> Jaeger is the story of white men in America. <laughs> uh, I just ignore those people so I'm like I just don't want to yeah. bother writing a review so I just I give it the five it deserves because it's competent it doesn't do much wrong it just doesn't do anything to keep me awake Yeah. Um, even the grand finale I was like oh wow what a surprise it was the power of brotherly love that helped win the day against the evil monster oh, yay. oh wow so uh, glad I stayed up to watch this so yeah I finished that but then I watched Baki which or watched the 13 episodes of Baki that are available on Netflix because there's 26. I've heard that Baki is just batshit. It's just and it's crazy to watch from the get go. I've described it as being a fighting tournament to the death where everyone is on PCP except the writer who's on crack. It is fucking insane. I the, the episode start or the first episode shows you five death row inmates escaping from uh, prisons across the world. And they're making their way to Tokyo, all of them saying they're going to taste defeat. They're going to be beaten in battle because they're also great martial artists who mm. just can't be beat. Uh, the introduction to the first character, Spec, is him swimming 200 metres uh, up from the bottom of the sea from a submarine swimming for five minutes without taking a breath to the surface and then heading to the shore. As you do. Because he can just do that. Yep. And you're like, okay, this sets the pace for everything that follows. His lungs start up at the shoulders and just end at his knees. (laughs) Oh no, he trained anaerobically. He just punched shit without breathing for five minutes. and went, I can do this now. And then just left (laughs) of his own accord. He was like, I'm done. That's the thing is all these guys just leave. They're done. Like, well, we don't need to be in prison anymore. Bye. And they just walk out killing every guard along the way. Uh, The guy Dorian is being uh, hung uh, from like by the neck until dead. The typical... uh, uh, American execution at this point and is he he gets out and uses like mid execution just because that's <laughs> enough of that <laughs> I, I'm done here uh I, th- I can't remember how exactly he gets out but I'm pretty sure like he f- he flips out of it or something like he just like he pulls down hard enough with his neck muscles to like break the bow or break the the beam that's holding him up and uh shouldn't that break his neck though? 
he gets down and or does he I think actually he gets out before he's about to be hung he just like he kicks someone in half that's what he does he kicks someone in half yes <laughs> okay he lands a big spinning judo kick and then just cleaves someone in half with his foot okay I'm now realising that this is brain on the table anime yes this is not smart anime <laughs> this is not smart people anime this is barely you know watchable anime this, is, this is a five year old with two hot wheels smashing them together <laughs> in, a, in a bedroom that actually makes a lot of sense. That is a lot of sense to this show. Um, the, there's the, I said a text you at one point. Oh, great. There's This show is insane. I can't believe what we just watched. Oh, great. Now there's a guy escaping from a Scottish prison. Uh, he is being electrocuted. And he's being electrocuted for like a minute solid. And he goes, and they shut it off. And he goes, huh, 10 seconds longer. You might have actually killed me. <laughs> and just breaks out and he just beats the shit out of the people and just walks out the front door. The fuck is this? Um... But yeah, it is a series of uh, random street fights between mm. uh, these five men and a teenager called Baki. Now, we never actually see why Baki is famous, but Baki, before this, because this is like the second arc of his manga, mm. the first arc is him competing in the Ultimo Tournament, which is where an underground fighting league sets up to discover the greatest martial arts in Tokyo or Japan. Baki, being 17, wins it. Because he is the son of the strongest man on the planet. Who yeah, is also that's the guy with the weird a, demon on his back. Uh, no, that's somebody else. That's somebody else. Uh, that's another completely random guy. Um, but these guys who show up um, who to be his friends and to help him fight these five random assholes are people who he either like met during the previous tournament or people who just know of him or mm. people who have grudges against uh, members of the five killers that came out to uh, compete in this tournament kind of an uh, enemy of my enemy type shit yeah um like there's one guy who uh like showed up dorian who is a main villain who for some reason sings when he knows he's about to win okay he just sits and sings opera that's an odd uh, thing to do yeah no, the whole thing is just fucking nuts yeah um, i mean I, again it's, it's real brain on yeah. the table I, i'm gonna stop trying to apply logic to, to put it into like how weird this show is when speck the guy who escaped from the submarine mm-hmm. meets backy he pulls out a gun and shoots himself in the cheek to prove that the gun does nothing to him because he just stops his own bleeding. And then he just allows himself to be arrested so that he can just live rent-free in a jail cell, which he, like, bends the bars and breaks out and walks away and does his own thing and comes back at night to sleep. The fuck? <laughs> the show doesn't care about any of your logic. No. Um, but like, one of the guys, Dorian, uh, ends up in a fight with a dojo master who is um, the son of an actual grandmaster of martial arts. Yeah. So the, he almost kills the son by, like, kicking a piece of floorboard into the guy's throat. Mm. And the father finds out about this and comes back to actually start fighting these guys. And he has, for some reason, got one eye. Of course. Never he, explained why. He, he just has an one eye character <laughs> in there somewhere. He shows up with, like, a, looking like a lumberjack with one eye and is like, I will fight you now. And they just start fighting in the streets and just beating the shit out of each other. And I'm, when I say like beating so the shit out of each other... one eye isn't like one central cyclops eye or one eye... It's got one eye and an eye patch. All right, cool. Because, so, I mean, it's an anime and you have an eye patch character in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you also probably need to have a, a, a mono eye character in there somewhere now. Yeah. Um, but the, the random it's fights... It's defect. Place. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> me cyclops boy. Me, me still boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to crush your head like a pumpkin now. Uh, they have the the main fight that you see start is Speck versus the guy with the demon on his back, who is a yakuza boss, 
who just happens to be an expert brawler. And he... Yeah, I suppose you don't get to be a Yakuza boss unless you can throw down. He spends about three episodes just beating the shit out of the guy. It's like three... Like, every character so far has taken about three episodes to be beaten to death. Okay. Um, and at one point, Speck lifts the car that the Yakuza boss is in. Because uh, he thinks it's done. Because mm. he beats the guy to death. Uh, or so he thinks. But most of these guys seem to be able to cheat death somehow by just being really good at Kung Fu. I don't know. Yeah, just, I have muscles on muscles, bro. I can cheat death. And when he thinks it's safe to leave, he realizes that Speck is lifting the car he's in because you just hear the metal start to groan. And he just looks back and it's Speck just like cleaning, pressing the car and flipping it over. <laughs> and then he realizes that Speck managed to get out of his prison cell because he's been dragged away into a police station because the Yakuza boss dropped him off. <laughs> like a fucking, like they collect the bounty. Just goes like leaves the guy. Goes ah, take him away. I don't give a shit. And then goes <laughs> back the in his car. Um, and the police was like, I mean, thanks. I'm not gonna lie. We could not have figured this one out. Like this is nonsense. We don't know what to do. Fuck it. Um, and they just, he gets dragged away and managed to kill thirty policemen in the space of thirty seconds and flip a cop car. <laughs> And then proceed to just beat the shit out of each other again. Like, everyone seems to leave their fights, like, broken and mangled. And then they just come back for more, like, using the sheer willpower they have to regenerate themselves. <laughs> and uh, that, that just seems... I mean, I'm all for the kind of leave-your-brain-on-the-table type animes mm-hmm. or leave your leave your brain on the table type shows. But I think at some point, uh, enough is enough. Yeah. It's just too much. <laughs> well, the, the, the last one... Um, the, the, the last episode sets up a fight between uh, Baki and the one of the, the masters of a, a weird... It's like the Void martial art. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. It's like Void Karate or something. Mm. He can create a point of like of a suction on a wall with his hand and then can use his hand muscles to create a vacuum where there's no air or negative pressure up against the wall. Mm-hmm. And he can then pull his hand off and break whatever he's touching. That's how this guy gets out of prison. Is okay. He forms a vacuum on the glass wall containing him. Bulletproof glass. Just going to point that out. Yeah. And then just pulls his hand back and blows a hole in the wall. And for some reason, this guy has the ability to just create vacuums. Never explain why. He just does it. He can just do that. That's just his power. Uh, he kills one of the guards by blowing in his ear. And in the pressure of this guy's chest muscles blows enough air through his head that it blows his brains out the other ear. I have no idea why. Right, okay. It just happens. So this guy is now fighting Baki and it's also like, it's not going to end well. Because at one point he knocks Baki out and was like, yeah, he might recover in a couple of days. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to roll the dice on this one. And that guy just disappears. You're like, okay, bye. <laughs> bye, crazy man. I'll see you later. Um, but I'm weird enough, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm actually probably going to check out the last 13 episodes when they drop. It's just crazy yeah, I think, enough. I think you've went that long. You may as well just stick it out. I mean, I, I think I understand what's going on. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, very well could. I might as well. <laughs> I, I guarantee the next 13 episodes are going to drop and you're just going to be, I did not understand the story at all. I did not get this one iota. Ah, oh, turns out they're all tigers. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it turns out Baki's actually a turtle. What the fuck? I'm, I'm, this is making me think of... I show it Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, which is something I need to watch at this point. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you can just miss it. You don't need. There's, it seems that. like there's there's enough good stuff in there that it justifies watching the fucking nonsense that comes before. Yeah. 
Uh, and the it only JoJo's Bizarre Adventure yeah. thing that I've ever seen or read was something that was recommended to me. I can't remember the title, but basically it's after everything's all said and done and the main character, uh, Jojo, and I think in this one is uh, Jotaro Josuke, uh, he is now settled down with a one of his one of the male members of his party forces this forces this dude to marry him and then through the power of friendship or marriage have a little egg baby <laughs> right and this egg baby is so strong and so intelligent at the age of 3 he graduates college and somehow forces his own stand into existence which is a hybrid of his dad and his dad's <laughs> And it's called something like he says. Oh, how about I, he says to him? He says to his dad, Jotaro, I'm going to call it this part of your your stand's name. I'm going to, this part of dad, my other dad's stand's name. I'm going to force them together, and my stand will be this. And he goes, No, your stand's going to be called Wintergreen because that's what the bottle of washing up liquid says. <laughs> Sounds about right. This happens in about the first six pages. I I was thinking that you were going to point to the uh, the. They kill her, I think it's Diamond is Unbreakable. There's a guy who kills people because he likes their hands. So he chops off the hands and just keeps them around. And obviously, he doesn't jerk himself off. Yeah, probably. Because that. And, it, like, the the first episode, or the first reveal of him, when you realise he's the villain, is that he's using one of the severed hands to eat a sandwich. Like, he's holding the hand in his hand and then using that to feed himself a sandwich. I've just tried to mine this out for Dom. Yeah. And he's looking very confused. Uh, it's, I mean, I get the, the act of it, but just, it seems like a lot of trouble to try and eat a sandwich. That's because his lover's feeding him a sandwich. Yeah, but you cut off his... I don't know. <laughs> he just likes the hands. He doesn't like the people. He doesn't care. He's like, oh, it's a beautiful hand. I'm going to have that hand. What? <laughs> 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 Hold on. <laughs> Got me a new hand. I shall call this one Cynthia. She's <laughs> <laughs> sitting there rubbing... <laughs> Lotion on the Cynthia. Uh, I was like, yeah, I think that's all the. No- yeah. Oh, I actually, did, I did have something talking I, about Baki. Uh, I did have something to say about Baki, though. Definitely. If you want to, are you going away from Baki or are you just. No, gonna- I'm, I'm continuing to talk about Baki because okay. the one thing that I was. Th- a friend of mine watched it recently said, oh, dude, it's so good. But in- in- interestingly, we were talking about. Uh, I think we just went to go and see Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. And I said, uh, oh, Super Broly is out at this thing. Uh, do you guys want to go see it? And he went, no, I'm no, I'm not into that stuff, man. Uh, Dragon Ball has the fucking dumbest storyline of all time. It's just Goku trying to get stronger. And I went, you just watched Baki, didn't you? <laughs> and he went, no, it's totally different, man. I went, is it? Is it is really? It? Is it really just, isn't it just the same? Is it a teenage martial arts prodigy? <laughs> Who's trying to, you know, be the best, but he's facing insurmountable odds. Yeah. Is it the same or is it exactly the same? <laughs> but it has a... One of his random uh, notices about it was that the animation, one of the animation or one of the points about the animation was that the muscles looked so real. And then he showed me the picture of the guy with the demon on his back and I went, what about that looks realistic? He went, oh dude, it just does. It looks so realistic. No, it fucking doesn't. So the thing for me is I was going to talk about the, the fact that if you look at the animation, which is something that kind of bugged me at certain points, yeah. when it's the hand-drawn stuff, it looks good. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's not realistic. Yeah, it's not realistic. It's the mus- a- it's a hyper stylized. Yeah, the musculature does not look natural. It looks like everyone in this series goes to the same gym as Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, as in the world's greatest bodybuilder. Body tiny legs. <laughs> um, and 
it looks fantastic. It yeah. makes great anime. It makes fantastic manga. If you've ever seen panel, because I when I first heard about this, I think it was uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf did a video saying, mm-hmm. I can't believe we're getting a backy anime, and I can see why they're doing season two instead of season one. Um, I think it works better as a self-contained story. They just yeah. have to be careful how they handle it, but I think they can do it. And I'm excited about this because it looks like this in the manga, and he shows you like these excellent like uber muscular poses and stuff that like as still frames in a manga work great the problem is uh some of it doesn't translate really well oh yeah to animation so f- to kind of help with the animation process part of it is cg rendered hmm. and it looks like a fucking tekken game like do you remember yeah. that part and did you watch the abridged uh, dragon ball z abridged cell games bits they did yeah but it's just the guys in the, the strings uh, the guys on the strings. Yeah, when they're doing the reenactment part of Goku and Gohan versus Cell, it's just them being the actors in the. I was talking about like when they were waiting to do the Cell games, like before between episode fifty nine and sixty, they put out over the summer. They did a bunch of oh yeah yeah little yeah. two minute videos of like Sonic right, I would show you're talking up about and... the actual sort of reenactment scene in the oh, no, 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 actual no, no, no. Dragon Ball. Yeah, no, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, um, and at that the, point the Cell games. Yeah, yeah, and they did have uh Ken and. Ryu. Ryu show up from Street Fighter. Yeah. Looks kind of like a very hyper-polished version of that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Obviously, not as dumb. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe about as dumb. But the the 3D effects really throw me off. Mm. Every time I sit down and watch it, I'm like, man, I really hope they don't use it. Oh, there it is. Uh, there, there's the 3D. It's for, I've noticed that it seems to come up in certain fights where there's like a lot of quick, complicated moves. Uh, and also when... But it's not like quick, complicated special moves. It's like if they're just throwing punches... Or, were, or they're not doing like special moves to each other yeah they're just throwing punches and kicks it's kind of what they did in Berserk when you just yes. you just needed random like sword swipes and the Berserk is very close to the style of Berserk yeah. as well hopefully not as bad though mm. running about the same mm, about no. the same ah, fuck. very noticeable especially when you've compared it to this great 2D drawing yeah. that you've just seen of like a really weird looking guy and you're like it's so weird it works yeah um, especially when you put normal humans in the same room as them. Um, although I don't like the fact that Baki just naturally has a weird pout. He has but, a weird baby face. Yeah. That's what it puts me off. Because like, obviously with Goku, fair enough, has, fair enough he has this kind of childlike wonder about him. But when he starts fighting, he gets the definite sort of eye lines. And yeah, he, he gets serious. He starts to look a bit serious. But Baki has this weird kind of... You ever seen any of those music videos where you see the guys cutting a bit with a baby face? No. Or there's like... <laughs> I can't there's remember. an actual artist out there just with a baby face. Yeah. Huh. That was like uh, there was a music. They, they were using music videos quite a lot. There was a just all these people cutting about. I'm pretty sure it was a rock or new metal video. But the guy, these have these weird like baby face masks on. Huh. It just looks like they've put that on Baki. It doesn't look. I just look good. I don't like his pout. Yeah. The fact that he's they did um, one of the best parts of a great Saiyan arc for Dragon Ball Z. One of the best arcs is Gohan trying to fit in, in high school. Yeah. When he's, he's like, he, I'm going to play baseball, but I can't do it like a Super Saiyan. But he jumps like 40 feet in the air because he doesn't think about it anymore. Yeah. Baki, at points, is so dumb. It's like he doesn't understand basic math. Like he's literally been asked, what is five times five? And he's like, Arr! and he, like, he sees his brain just not working. And the teacher goes like, you know what, fuck it, I'm moving on. <laughs> fuck it, it was 25, but Jesus. <laughs> Baki, get help. I'm sorry, boy. Um, and it, you do not belong with the rest of us. There's a, Here's some glue and scissors, you go and do your own thing. But the thing is, like, you would expect, when it comes to the PE thing, he'd be great. You'd have to hold back. 
the thing is that they've obviously they point to the fact that he is so like he's so combat oriented. He's so used to like fist fights. His body doesn't work for PE. <laughs> he can't throw a ball properly because when do you throw a ball in a fight? Yeah, you just punch. He can't run uh like a, a two kilometer race because his muscles are used to like explosive bursts. So he sprints the first like two laps of like what should be about five or whatever hmm. he sprints the first two laps and then his body just like almost shuts down from lactic acid because his muscles are going like 110 percent all the way through and you're like this backy guy is really unlikable and the the first or the first 15 episodes have been so good because he's not involved but he's going to get involved in the next 13 episodes so this might make the series a lot worse yeah going forward um no, but yeah. i think backy's barely involved now in you see him every now and again but I think they just they've taken he gets involved at the start to help set up the world and to bring in the characters, but because they've had the other characters from his team go and fight the other team, mm. we haven't had to see Backy a lot. He's oh. been there for like little bits and pieces, but he's only there for like thirty seconds, yeah. so he doesn't screw up the episode. The main problem though is that his girlfriend is voiced by Jeremy Lee, who at this point I now associate with absolute misery. <laughs> Yeah, Lover is a voice actor. She voices uh, Lucy Hartfilia in Fairy Tale, so I've, I've listened to her a lot. But she every time she shows up, and especially in Netflix anime, she needs to be saved or helped. Yeah, and it's like every time she's involved, someone is going to die for her. Someone needs to die to save her. Is she in Attack on Titan? She might be in there somewhere. She's part of like the Funimation stable of yeah. actors, so she's probably that, there somewhere. The name Jeremy Lee is that not? Um, the woman who voiced fuck, I cannot believe I'm blanking on this name, Goku's wife. Chi Chi. Chi Chi. No, I don't think so, no. Because every anime that she's in, she plays a mother and I'm pretty sure she may either die or get sidelined. <laughs> uh, she, she was in Attack on Titan because I definitely recognised that. I was like, that's Chi Chi. Why are they killing Chi Chi? Oh, fuck, Chi Chi's dead. <laughs> yeah, another reason why I'm never going to finish watching that show. Oh yeah, actually, I do remember what you're talking about, like episode one, the mom dies. Yeah. Uh, or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, that was Gigi. Yeah. <laughs> cast as the mother and killed in quite a few of them. Well, that's a weird thing of like people notice that anime moms die. Yeah. And they've got it down to a haircut. Yeah. I, I think we've spoken about this before. <laughs> if they've got the hair over the shoulder. Yep. Incidentally, in a Resident Evil 2, Sherry's mother to obviously bites it mm-hmm. has that hairstyle. She's got the ponytail over the shoulder. That's a bit worrying. Um, no, Chi Chi is voiced by Laura Bailey. So Laura Bailey, by Funimation, yeah. Huh, they must have uh, changed Cynthia, that. Cynthia Krantz as well. Yeah, I was going to say Laura Bailey was Goten. No, Laura Bailey was Trunk, but then she got pregnant and left that to another person. And then I've also got a credit here from Monica Antonelli, but I think that's for like older Chichi, like at the end of Dragon Ball Z. That could have also been in Ocean Dubs or in Green Dubs or something. No, Funimation for Funimation. Yeah, I know. I know in the TV run they had a different voice actress for Chichi. <laughs> yeah main one listed is Cynthia Krantz. That might be the one that is on the DVDs, but I did not know that it was Laura Bailey that voiced her now. Well, Cynthia Krantz as Super. In 2017, Dragon Ball Kai was Cynthia Krantz again, and Dragon Ball GT, Cynthia Krantz. Don't talk about those. Yeah, don't talk about GT. No, but Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, she was down as Cynthia Krantz and Lisa Ann Belly. Maybe that was a non-English one, because they're showing a lot of non-English ones as well. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that always annoys me about IMDb. Oh, here's every single other person that voiced this character. Can you just give me the English speaking ones? <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I'm really afraid I don't care about the Italian version of yeah. Gigi. 
fair enough, Mr. Roscoe Vasquez voices Goku in the Spanish dub, but I am not Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Good I, for you, sir. Google constantly asks to know my location and say, yes, you should at least know I don't care about the Spanish-speaking version. at least know that I'm in the UK. Yes. <laughs> Where we speak English, damn it. Yeah. That's just a really horrible video of a, a, a British woman. And I say British because they can't type English for some reason. For some reason, it's always a British person. Like, that is a really English accent. Hmm. Yeah. That seems I, to happen I, a lot. I get hmm. into this discussion constantly with my uh, with with my colleagues from the university yeah. that are from that are not from the UK. They always say to me, "Oh, you have a really." I hear one of our uh, one of our lecturers has a really really pronounced British accent. I was like, okay, that doesn't narrow it down. I went, "No, yeah, they've, they've, you know they're from England. They've got a British accent." I went, "No, that's an English accent. That's an English accent. I have a British accent." This person has a British accent. A Welsh person has a British accent. A British accent isn't technically a thing. There isn't actually a British accent. No, exactly. there's no one single British accent. We have the most densely packed group of uh, like different di- like different ways of speaking. Yeah. I mean, even if you go to Scotland, accents, you yeah. could have there's the Falkirk accent, which is just weird, you know, toilet munchers. Then oh. You, then you've got <laughs> deadly, mate. Deadly. Then you've got the Glas- deadly man. Then you've got the Glaswegian. Then the Glaswegian's more like this. And you've got Edin- Edinburgh's more like Edinburgh's a bit more nasal, a bit up there. Then you've got the then you've got your Dundonians and everybody in Dundee and you see everything at fast because they're gonna D, yeah, they're gonna D. Gis needle. Gis a needle. It's like he's two hot pays. You gotta to speak to people from way up north. They're they're interesting. Oh yeah. But there's a woman okay. with a horrific English accent, uh, standing there. Like she she comes across a group of like it's a group of uh, like teenagers from Brazil who are just walking home. Uh they're carrying skateboards and stuff they're walking down the street, speaking to each other and they're using Portuguese because mm-hmm. they're Brazilian. And she starts screaming at them to speak English. Like, dude, you're in there, Kurt. No, sh- they're here. They're over, over here. here. But they're just chatting with themselves. Yeah. They're not hurting anybody. They're just walking home. She just sees a group of teenagers with slightly darker skin speaking a foreign language. And she's like, fucking speak English. And you're like, it's oh. a group of them. Why don't you learn to speak Portuguese? Yeah. yeah <laughs> motherfucker, let's turn the gun back on you. They're, they're doing nothing. Yeah. Like, they're just walking home. Not, as far as I can tell, not causing any problems. And. She just goes off on one. You're like, yeah. I mean, I used to work in. Can't. <laughs> I used to work. Yeah, that's that's a that's the the dick of the day, or the dick of the week for Jibberfish. That woman that just shouted at random Portuguese Brazilian people to speak yeah. English. But I used to work in a I used to work in a food production factory where there was there was a bit of a melting pot of different sort of yeah. nationalities. There was the Scottish people. There was a there was a whole load of different British people, and then you had sort of Romanians, uh, South Africans, Polish, other whole of the people. And uh, there was always, there was always that kind of one thing. It's like fair enough. It can get a little bit uncomfortable when there's a group yeah. of people speaking a foreign language and that's foreign language around you because you think are they talking about me? But the people that say, "Oh, why don't you fucking learn English? You're over in you're over in Scotland, don't you? you're over in the UK. Why don't you fucking learn English?" Because I am away from home. I want something to remind me of home. So I'm going to keep yeah. speaking my native tongue to other people who speak my native tongue. Some so conversations I, are easier in your native language. Yeah, I mean, I know quite a few people that quite a few people from like, Spain, Cuba, and they they still, they speak perfect English, but occasionally they'll throw in a bit of a, a Spanish because it's just, it's easier for them. Like the word a, like daughter or sibling, they just go mijo. Yeah. Like my son. Like, it saves them, like mijo. It's, it's apparently quicker than saying, oh, my son. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's how they do it. Uh, we've had that conversation once uh, or twice in the lab where somebody was trying to explain something and she was Polish. The person she explained it to is Polish, and she's like, 
I don't know how you use the word in English. She asked me, she's like, Colin, is it okay if we speak Polish? And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, do it. Go for it. it, it should, like, is, is it, is just speak what you, say what you need to say. And just, you know, if it helps explain stuff, feel free to use it. Nobody's going to yeah. kick up a fuss. Nobody's going to make a big issue out of it. We're not random middle-aged bitchy women walking yeah, dogs and leads. We're not, we're not members of the UKIP party. We're not going to force you to speak English. Yeah, and just if it helps, go for it. The worst... <laughs> the worst example I've ever seen of the whole well, why don't you learn English thing is when I was over in uh, Valencia uh, with the rugby team and there was one guy, fair enough I was there with a bunch of guys who were all like kind of special needs, additional needs learning disabilities, that kind of thing Yeah. but uh, one of the guys just turned around and went I fucking wish all these people would just learn English and I went, we're in their home country we should learn <laughs> Spanish I, went, I don't want to fucking learn Spanish and I went, well, what are you in Spain for? don't know mate <laughs> This wasn't even one of the LT guys. <laughs> this was just one of the uh, one of the enablers, as they were called. One of the sort of able-bodied guys that's there to assist. Yeah. You know, should I just fucking learn English, man? This is disgusting. Like, we are in Spain. Slow the fuck down. <laughs> I mean, I will try and barter, uh, like, headbutt my way through a conversation in my pigeon Spanish. Yeah. Just to make these guys feel comfortable. Yeah. It's it, it's appreciated when you go over yeah. and then if you just a little bit to just try and ease things in and you say, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, can I do place my order? I can imagine how uncomfortable you feel when someone's talking to you in a foreign language and you don't know what they're saying. Yeah. You start like, they could be telling me something really important and I'm dropping the ball here. Yeah. Flip that on someone else. Yeah. Someone else is a native Spanish speaker and you're just bawling and I'm going, oh, Pedro, chips. <laughs> that's the thing as well, especially in Spain, is that the Brits, are, Brits abroad yeah. are horrific and it is a lot of the English. The Scots can be pretty bad as well. well Scott, yeah, after I mean, a couple of drinks. Yeah, let's, let's, be, let's be fair about this. The Scottish people probably get a bit more drunk than the English people and we probably make more of an arse of ourselves. Mm, I think that one could go around several times before we get a decent answer yeah, to that one. There's a lot of debate on that one. Have you seen Have you seen the English uh, football supporters? Yeah, yeah. They get kicked out of countries. Yeah, they get asked. I mean, I think the worst case I've seen was when they were going to, not the last World Cup, but the World World Cup before that, they weren't even allowed off the, off the plane. All right. It's just like, We've heard from the minute he's got in the plane, he's been rambunctious arseholes. He's not getting off the plane. There's going to be another plane along in two hours. You're staying in the airport until this plane's here to take you home. If you leave, we will get you sent to prison. There was a there was a, a part of I think one of the European games uh, where they just decided uh, to just lock down a portion of France of a French uh, city. They just hem in the uh, the the English uh, dickheads. Just to say, look, yeah. we're not going to let you run right through the city because that's what you're going to do. So you're going to sit in this area of the town and you're going to sit down fucking quietly, boys. You're going to sit here quietly, otherwise we have guns. Yeah. <laughs> we have all the rubber bullets. Yeah. Fucking football hooligans, man. They ruin it for everybody. Yeah. They make a bad impression, but it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Don't be a dickhead, I guess. Yeah, don't be a dick, yeah. Don't be the people that's like, oh, fucking learn English. No, you learn their language. <laughs> be the change, motherfucker. <laughs> Empathize. Yeah, empathize. I mean, uh, empathy is in short supply. Yes. <laughs> it's in a great deal of short supply. Funny, th- the way I always remember, that whenever someone says to me empathy, I always remember uh, one of my friends who's now a doctor of all people. All right. And when he was when he was doing a sort of basic checkups and stuff, sort of doing a live action, sort of ca- a live action checkups and stuff, just to kind of get their head through it. I was like, this is what you're going to be doing a lot of if you work as a GP, you need to get it down pat. Mm. The one thing that he was always told during sort of feedback was, you have no empathy. Because <laughs> they start off low, it's just like, oh, I've got a bit of a sore arm. It's like, right, okay, we're going to prescribe you this. And it kind of gets ramped up in case of it. 
then uh, <laughs> they started just talking through it and they said, oh, I've, I've broken my arm, but it's been a bit, it's healed now, but it's still been a bit stiff. I can't really do this, can't really do that. It's kind of, I can't really work for long. And <laughs> he told me, all I said was, that's cool, mate. I just want to get you something to help your shoulder. And I got to tell I had any empathy and I went, that was the driest statement I've ever heard your bedside man. That was fucking horrible. How, how do you not know how this is a problem? You just kind of okay broad a, a broken arm. Sure, dude. Here's some pills. Get the fuck out. <laughs> You're a doctor. And he's, he's still in, he still practices now. No. Yeah, he still practices now. Apparently he worked in the old empathy thing. All right. <laughs> he got there eventually. Apparently that's quite a bit of a problem for junior doctors. They just the lack of empathy and sympathy. They're just, oh, you broke your arm. Fucking idiot, let's get you in here. Well, you, you must be thinking constantly with an analytical brain, like a proper reptile brain of, yeah. this is broken, therefore this happens. Yeah, you, I think you become more of a mechanic. Yeah. You just think, right, shoulder's busted, this is what I can do to repair it. This is what I can prescribe to repair it. Yeah. I think it helps to kind of distance yourself as well. Yeah. If you're constantly seeing people, right, this is a person I need to help them because this could happen, it could probably slow you down uh, you could mm-hmm. maybe get a bit too attached to things which is not a bad thing but at the same time if you're a doctor that's seen a few patients a week or if you're well i was gonna say part of what won't help is the fact that the nhs has fewer doctors and more patients yeah. so you'll probably at some that's point that overpopulation <laughs> some point might meet somebody who's a lecturer or a former doctor or an experienced like medical professional who might say you need to get your shit done quick because the yeah. next patient is already 20 minutes late yeah because I know a guy who is going through for like a couple checkups from work. He's like, oh yeah, sometimes I can be two hours late at an appointment. And they don't even mention it. Like I go into the doctor's office to be like, hey, I've been waiting for two hours. And the guy's like, okay, cool. Like, that's not a big deal. Like, yeah. That's two hours at that guy's day. Just to see somebody who, you know, it's not like first thing in the morning. Yeah. Like normally delays snowball. That's why I always take an appointment at the start of the day. So, it take, so there's less chance of something snowballing. But if you just get like one person who's like, I need a half an hour of a doctor's time. Yeah. And an appointment was set for 10 minutes long. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's, it's why I always wonder why patient, or why doctors, especially in, in GPs, sort of general practices up and down the country, they say half an hour for each thing. I've never been in a doctor's surgery or a GP's practice that I've been in like at half past, just say I've got an appointment at half past two. I've never been out of the place by three o'clock. Right. I usually get seen at three o'clock. And then that just keeps like piling on, the, like like you said, it keeps snowballing that lateness. I've never really been a GP that's been, you know, rigid with the times. Yeah, but I know which GP we go to, and I think that might be that place. Yeah, it could yeah. Be. I mean, really, really great doctor, but at the same time, I've never once been in and out. Great doctors, but they have a lot of people to deal with. Yeah. A few of them, you're like, I think you need to be here. Yeah, you I mean... Uh, the, the worst thing I seen when I went in that, that GP was a, a woman who came in and she had something stuck in her finger. Right. And the receptionist, she just went, you could probably just pop that off. And you're like, no, no, no. I need to see the doctor. I could hurt myself. And she went, you could probably do without doing, you could probably do without seeing But it cold water to shrink the finger and you just, yeah, just off. Bustling. Done. Yeah, just I, I don't want to do that. I, mean, I could hurt myself. I'm going to see the doctor. Literally, this person walked into the, the doctor's office. She literally, turned the thing off I think it was like a, a bolt or something that she stuck on the end of her finger right to be fair bolts don't have that much space to fit a human finger a nut nut yeah sorry yeah she screwed the whole thing she frankensteined it in her hand yeah. she had she had the nut on the end of her finger the doctor just popped the thing off and went you just wasted an appointment slot that someone else could have used I just remember the doctor saying right 
if it's an actual medical emergency or you physically can't see anything else, sure, come and see me. But if you just get something stuck on your finger, just deal with it yourself. <laughs> if you get a light bulb shoved up your ass, I can do something about that. Yeah. But more often than not, it's going to be the, the fucking hospital that's doing with it. Stupid little things eat up so much doctor's time that you, you can't keep doing this. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure I spoke to that doctor again because I, re- I go in quite regularly and get... Uh, my knee checked up, shoulders and stuff checked up just to make sure that I'm not going to fucking fall apart. Yeah. I always just ask, like, you ever seen that patient again? And usually the answer was, yeah, she came in last week because someone hit her in the back and she wanted to get her, her, her back scanned. And what did you do? And you went, I have no choice. I had to arrange the scan because she was adamant about it. Yeah. There's a, there's a weird problem of like, yeah, socialised healthcare is great. It's yeah. the, the backbone of our country. That's why we can get shit done. Um, At a certain point, it gets abused. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, hypochondria is, I don't want to say, it is, it is a real issue. Because people who just like, no, I'm absolutely sick. I absolutely have Yaba or SARS or something. Yeah. There's there's people though, it's, it's not even hypochondria, it's just people who don't understand that they are reasons and they say, oh, what's my right to do this? I don't want to, yeah. like, it's people who make appointment for aspirin. Like, yeah, people who make appoint- appointments for ibuprofen, like going to Poundland, you can buy three packets of it for a pound. Yeah, and go to Sainsbury's and get like a paracetamol, ibuprofen, whatever for like yeah. forty p a packet. Yeah, that lasts me like two twenty eight pence for a pack, uh, two sheets of paracetamol. Yeah, what I think helps, what contributes to that whole I need to see my doctor thing is the self diagnosis that people do. Mm. People immediately go and just oh, I'm on a WebMD. I have a pain in my right shoulder. If that. Right, sh- if the pain in my right shoulder radiates down into my chest, I could start having severe heart palpitations, and that could lead to cancer. <laughs> then your GP will usually look at you and say, "Stop reading WebMD. You just have a sore shoulder. Yeah. Ice, maybe some deep heat. See how it is in the morning. You're probably just working out muscles that you've never seen before." Next, it's perfectly natural because I'm having it right now. Uh, where yeah, I mean, as yeah. you've heard in the past fucking three episodes, I am just a walking injury board. <laughs> <laughs> just hit a yeah. point in my body; it's gonna hurt. Because I like I just randomly had uh, pain in my shoulder yeah, and it was uh, up, running up in the neck and it's still a bit stiff and I was like oh my god how what is this going to be how bad is it because it started in the shoulder and then grew, went to the neck and I'm like is that growing is it moving and then the next day I woke up and realised oh my shoulder's sore and I'm like oh wait it's a different shoulder no it's just a problem with the sleeping I'm, I'm, something's happening in my Hi, sleep just I'm moving or I'm diff- twisting or I'm lying on one side for too long and it's just like fucking my neck muscle a little bit but once it gets warmed up I'm fine it's good to go yeah yeah it's just, you know, it's just that treat you, it. you lie in one point and the muscle kind of seizes up. Yeah. I, that's I think what I was told that. after I uh, dislocated my shoulder, which is never lie on your side. Because mm. that would just, like, it'll... Because yeah. there's no cartilage or anything that my shoulder anymore. My shoulder's fucked. Oh. Like, it could literally just pop out. So if you're leaning on it, it's kind of like you push yeah. a button in, it's going to be held in, but the minute you stand up, you're going to take the pressure yeah. off. I think it's the, the leaning on it because I'm pretty sure I'm... Well, the problem is I keep thinking remember which side you wake up on but as soon as i wake up i'm like okay time to wake up and move and yeah. i go oh wait shit was i lying on the same side that's painful or the other side what's going on yeah yeah uh i think we're ready for a showstopper yep uh what was it was the showstopper this week because usually you give me some kind of preference like dude this one's fucked up or dude did you see this or what's the showstopper this week uh this one's a quick little uh funny story i found out uh about a woman called sober sue Sober Sue. Sober is this, Sue. The, is this the woman that marched into my rugby club and told me to do dry January? No. <laughs> no, she was... I covered. call her Cunty Cathy. <laughs> <laughs> Busybody, are we? Hmm. Excellent. Uh, no, Sober Sue was a woman in 1907 who was famous as part of a, an act in the Hammerstein Theatre in mm-hmm. New York City. She was a 
a woman who is able to hold an incredible straight face for a large amount of time, and she was uh, an in-between act during a play. So the first act, intermission, she would be there on stage performing her act where nobody could make her laugh. The point was that you would have people tell their funniest stories, uh, tell their funniest jokes, whatever, just to try and get her to crack a smile. Okay. She couldn't be beat. She could not be beaten. Couldn't be beaten. And the the theatre put out uh, a bet of about $1,000, which is about 25 grand these days. Yeah. Not bad money if you can tell a decent joke. Um, And people kept coming to these shows and it started to get to the point where people were there more for the halftime entertainment than the actual show. <laughs> they were there more for Sober Sue as opposed to yeah. our American cousins or something. And it was uh, it was a, like a summer thing. And then they kept her on for uh, like the, I think you said it was the autumn and the winter of the same year. It was 1907. And they decided to uh, keep her on until they couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And professional comedians started showing up. Proper entertainers and comedians showed up from across New York and the country to try and get her to crack a smile. Guess why she would never crack a smile? Stitch your face closed or something? Heavy face paralysis. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to say maybe she botoxed, like maybe she injected something like numbed her face or nope. something. Basically, from birth, she had basically had an unmoving face. She just had facial paralysis, like something about the muscles of the nervous system in that era was completely fucked. So she was cracking up inside. She was like, oh, she could have been killing herself and she'd be wet herself laughing, (laughs) but she would never crack a smile. And that was my little thing I found today. I was like, damn, that's so weird. Like, on the one hand, really weird, like, condition to be so specific to the face, the facial paralysis, but also at the same time, fucking good on the management in that place. You're like, we have got a solid fucking surefire winner. We have made so much money off this and we, have to, we haven't we have had to spend a penny. Yeah, all we have to do is hire some intern to just Wait, stand so, there. Yeah, so facial paralysis. Could she not speak? Like, complete facial lockdown? Right, I think the record... Like, nothing I could find showed whether or not she could speak properly. Yeah. But it seems like she wasn't that bad, but just, like, there was something about, like, the facial muscles. Like, she might have had problems speaking. She might have probably slurred a lot yeah. if she could speak. I'm guessing she could move her face a little bit. Yeah, maybe uh, she could. But it would take a lot of effort and mm. it would really, it wouldn't look natural. But she just wouldn't smell. She just, she just turned off her face. Mm. So I was like, yeah, that's pretty good, like, good yeah. business savvy from the yeah, management. That's, that's pretty good. Especially if you get people doing like 45 minutes show, 10 minute inter- intermission, 45 minute show. If you have to fill that 10 minutes to keep people entertained, they did nothing and like, raised their seats like the number of seats yeah, sold they had people coming in for the shows yeah yeah that's that's great and the crowd entertained themselves yeah that's job done I'm guessing I don't know what people would do for an intermission during a theatre production but yeah. I've pretty never, much you know job done at that point yeah I've never I've never been to a theatre production recently but uh, or at all actually let's be let's be totally fair about this let's call a spade a spade here I've never really been to a live theatre production what's wrong with the panto mate I, I don't do pantos anymore uh, I used to do the family panto yearly with uh with the folks but that just kind of dried up and you think with the having the the niece having the baby yeah you get back into yeah, it we get back yeah. in it but no we just, we just don't do it i think it because i think it stems from the kid the kind of matriarch or the patriarch sorry of the, of the family my dad doesn't want to do something we're not going to <laughs> so he's just like no i'm not doing panels you're gonna be fucked <laughs> why not let's be honest do we any of us want to do it? child wants to go <laughs> but then her parents shall go yeah, and we yeah. shall stay here child shall go but and parents shall Parents shall go, but everyone else shall stay. Well, we shall have grown-up time. Yeah, but in a, the only I've been into theatres to watch like stand-up comedy. I went to go and see Ross Noble at the Theatre Royal in Edinburgh. Yeah, 
And uh, basically what you do during halftime was you slip out, put your drinks order in, get a couple of drinks in, then head back in. Yeah. Maybe go and grab an ice cream or a poster if he's got some merchandise. That, that's the modern thing. <laughs> yeah. But oh, one of the best things I've seen at a comedy show was the, or any show, was that you put your drinks order in for halftime at the start of the show. So uh-huh. when it comes to halftime, they go, oh, and here's your uh, two bottles of beer. Like, Great. That's genius. That's pretty good. Right, uh, so I think that's the end of the podcast. Yep. Uh, we've been Jibberfish. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Jibberfish. Uh, I'm Aaron Ward the Mad on Twitter. You are... Dom Anderson 25. If I make him say it, I don't have to remember it. <laughs> and uh, you can email the show at jibberfishpodcast at gmail.co.uk. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we will be back next time with another episode of Jibberfish. Goodbye. Goodbye.